We had Tour de December against Bowes 2-0. Bowes 2-0, yeah. So long for 2-1 away, yeah. But the military team, we don't have got too much. You could spend the next two hours. Oh! we have to do a chat before we do that because it's, the, it's, it's the the probably the second part. Can we put can this we go in? More? <laughs> that has to go in. That has to be the start. Tim doesn't want to do the second part. Put that in as the start. I know. Person's falling off the stage. Okay, so welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 266. And Prof, we are live from the four Profs in Crumlin slash Kimage. You proved the photo um, the other day, actually. Our first live podcast with an audience since the Penny Black in Tala after we won the cup. The worst sounding podcast of all time. Do you know what, right? Everything, was, everything was going perfectly, right? So it worked out offbeat. The donuts exist, by the way. Because I'm getting texts saying the donuts never existed. They were milled before anyone got their hands to get their hands on them. So, a chance to get their hands on them. So, we got Offbeat, the sponsor, Carling sponsored the two kegs. There was loads of free beer and stuff like that. We sat down and then the football came on. It was horse racing. And horse racing and the whole pub was jammed. The worst podcast of all time. <laughs> of all time. Yeah. I can only imagine you sitting there editing I actually get I get joy out of you getting frustrated with these things. So I remember John Connolly said he was sitting there and he was just like... We'll listen back to it after. <laughs> yeah. He was there and he couldn't hear. Yeah, so uh, today's all about the 80s. It's our four in a row special. We'll have a little bit over the first few years and then we'll talk about 83 to 87, the good stuff in depth and um, the remaining years for part two. So big welcome to our guests, Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy. Lads, these are very, very welcome. We have a small, intimate crowd here. You're, you're here to entertain them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no problem. Just confirm there's no free drink here today. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh yes, it's, it's an honour to be here. And I don't, it's just a small audience, but 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 quality is the best thing. That's it. Yeah, yeah. hand hand picked, you could say. Hand picked. Yeah, yeah we we'll do, we'll do our bus segment of the podcast now. So Jim, <laughs> welcome to Camarge. How was the seventy-four bus from Eden Key? Uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> but I have to admit, I didn't really trust her, so I had, I had me had me phone. I was watching every time and every stop and all that, you know. And uh, we 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 got here in one piece. We arrived at twenty six minutes past twelve, just in time for opening. There you so, go. Got here before me, yeah. But uh, Jason is no stranger to live podcast. Jim, it's your first live podcast. Uh, Jason, how was your bus experience this morning? 
Well, there's a new S4 route from Ballyferm at the place you ate in. Um, <laughs> I've had to get the proper advice. I should have asked you <laughs> send it Mr. Parsons, so he ended up in Terran Yor almost. <laughs> Jay, I said you'd walk up a tourist. That's what I said. I said, you get the, get the climbers in, get the steps in, then you'll have a nice yeah. tourist, don't you? But, um, yeah, so a couple of quick plugs before we get going. The shop opening hours for the stadium, 12 to 4, every day, up to and including Christmas Eve, with the exception of Monday, so it's closed. So go up and get um, your jerseys and your um, Christmas cards. Your Christmas cards. Your foreign row bukes. Foreign row bukes as well, yeah. Civic Theatre Prof, we have a fantastic show tonight as well, so it'll be done and dusted by the time you listen to this. But Jonesy... And Barry McCarthy, two good Rovers lads, are on mm. stage tonight. And we will be on stage ourselves 13th of January with uh, a packed show. And tickets are flying out, Prof. Yeah, they are. We are, what, we are doing Housewives a solid this year because we're getting them sorted for Christmas. Because we're, getting, we're letting them buy their husbands a handy gift. That's what we're doing. Where would you get it? We had Bill Gleeson. Bill Gleeson will be in attendance because his wife, a woman of culture... She bought my. She heard the show and she bought my ticket. Yeah, but he's good mates with Cody. That's why he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's just. Yeah. He said front row heckling position as he as he as he said. I don't think Jason was there. You're in Spain, aren't you? I'm in Spain. Yeah, but Bay, I'm looking forward to it. first trip to the Basque country. We always try to get a trip in the off season somewhere. So just pick this one. I remember when you booked that and we knew the date. And I was just reading that, thinking, oh yeah, don't go to Spain. <laughs> but you did. I will. Yes, so that is going to be the Civic Theatre. So we are officially. I was there yesterday, Prof, and we are officially in print. We are officially, we've made it. So, Mama, we've made it. Our names and lights. We're, we're up on the board. We're printed up on everything. So, um, when I went in, I had I had the Tifty's fleece on. Your man goes, Tales from the East Stand. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Been recognised now and everything. So, it's great. We're talking to Jim downstairs. He was quite disappointed that Harry Moore wasn't going to be here. And I said to him, Jim, you can meet Harry Moore on stage. Civic Theatre, January 13th. That's when you can meet him. You can get yourself a ticket. Get yourself a ticket. I'd be too shy, but you wouldn't put me a bloody stage. Hope <laughs> the price of four points. I'll that's all it is. That's we've come a long way from there, haven't we? Four points, twenty-five quid. We're being robbed, prof. Um, yes. Yeah, so the fixtures. We were going to speak about this on our last pod, and uh, they're out now. So Dundalk at home, February sixteenth, and then shells away. Um, yeah. I'm more concerned about the last couple of games now. This was a debate that kind of broke out in one of the WhatsApp groups. Is it's a tough last couple of games? Two trips to Loud in a row. Now I said this as well. We've got six games where we play away on the bounce. Is that an anomaly? Do you, or am I am I seeing things? Not so really. we've got two away games in a row six times. Well, all the clubs seem to have looking over the. Do they? This. I didn't yeah, look at I anyone think, else's. I think it's it's it's, it's some kind of. Fixing, fixing it's strategy. unusual though, yeah, isn't they've it? Done it they've, you know, they've just changed things for the sake of it. It looks like that. Like, and we're playing yeah. away twice over a bank holiday weekend. Then you play away on the Monday, play away on the Friday, away on the yeah. Monday. And the next bank holiday, you might be home on the Friday. And you're home on the Monday, so it's a bit... So that's the first thing that jumped out to me. And then I think Giggsy Hand was telling us that we've got two home games in a row four times. So the two away mm. games, six times, is a mm. lot. And con- considering that the very the three last games we have, Drogheda, Dundalk and Waterford at home, two away trips... To possibly title deciding mm-hmm. fixtures in loud, and if if Derry are main challengers, two home games to Derry on Mondays, uh, Galway away, Paddy's Day weekend, and June Bank holiday. We're already booked, Prof. We have the the Galmont hoops are out in force. The spa and hotel. We're going on 
Paddy's the 15th the 15th we have a couple of here a couple of people giggling in the background because they have dirty weekends booked as well and <laughs> 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 Marie should we introduce Marie yeah we have Marie the lovely Marie here Jill she said she wants a dirty weekend in Galway <laughs> I say something about that, about the, yeah. about the, the away fixtures and that. Yeah. I know it's a cliche, we all play the same amount of home games and True. away games, but I'm like, I, I, I do agree that is a really tough on the running. The first thing I always look for on, on, when, when I get the fixtures every year is actually the running. I look the it, last it, five it, games every time. I always do that, it's just, it's just automatic. I looked at it, I said, oh my God, Drad and Dundalk. Oh my God. In a row. Uh, but, but we do, we, we all play the same amount of away yeah. it's just yeah. it's, it's a very unfortunate it's where they're situated it's just it's not good in the run it's, it looks as if they're really putting it up against yeah. us on the run you know it, you I know? mean like I'm, I've all faith in this team as you know but imagine we had to go there and get six points in two away yeah, games in Lille yeah, yeah. you know it's true it's and tough. they're two very tricky but on, games on the, on the flip side of that the kind of the home now don't the jinx things surely <laughs> the fixes we have at the start we, you'd hope to have more than one point from the four six games this year yeah exactly look, look yeah. The game, so yeah. there is a flip side to it I think the opening fixtures I think it's yeah. a nice start. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah, we yeah. should do 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 well early in the season. Like like far better hopefully than last season. I agree with you there, yeah. But in saying that, we spoke about that before that prof gave us the ominous stat of no team has ever gotten that amount of points and went on to win the league and we went mm. on and did it. That's the that's the mm. one I'm most proud yeah. of more than anything. Yes. Is that and, and no was, team has and, ever gone on? And you know, it was ridiculous at the end of the season. Your team's morons, like you're Matt Sweeney and all in the, in the, in the, in the independent and all. They said, oh, they didn't get as many points as they did the, the year before and all this. And he's still going on with all this rubbish. But we, got a, we weren't that far off to about the points we got in, in, 20, in, in 22. And you consider that the start we had, yeah, yeah. it was remarkable that we got so, even close to it's the unbelievable. amount of points we got before. So I think it was a fantastic achievement. I looked at it the other way, you know. We, well, we got more joy out of that because we, we were getting hammered yeah, in, the, in yeah. the rags, we were getting hammered yeah. by journalists, everything. Yeah. And we went on and done that with the terrible start yeah. that we had as well. So It's funny, it reminded me a bit last season, I've gone way back, but just a quick mention, in 70-71, we had a dreadful start that year. And we, end, we ended up, we lost the league in the playoff, you know. And it was... 70-71. Uh, like, that was some... It was, a, it, was a, it was a brilliant achievement. We actually forced the playoff after such a terrible start. But last season, but this team is a better team, team than the 71 team. team. This team went and bloody did it, didn't yeah, this they? This is the 80 show. <laughs> no, I know, it's just... No, but it is a, a brief mention, just... The comparison, I think, is a, is, is a good one, you know. How do you judge an overall season, you know? Yeah, very much so. Um, so last home game to Waterford Prof you were talking about the Derry Monday game so um, we're going to talk about the 70 show which you just said so John Bourne and Martin Moore two stalwarts brilliant stuff yeah, yeah. did you think you should have been in the hot seat Jim? ah no no how could I be on the same level as them two you know what I mean <laughs> they are they are now they're Rovers legends altogether, but at a similar age to myself, and I'd say that we, we used to, like in the late 60s, early 70s, they would have been like myself, standing outside, waiting for our lift over the stoils. Yeah. That's how we started, you know. So I'm sure if Mick McCarthy's listening, I'm sure Mick gave me a lift over once or twice, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that. Yeah. But, but they're, they're the great memories. But I thought it done, I just thought it done brilliant. I really did. It was, it's a very, it was a very interesting decade. It was... I don't know whether to laugh or laugh or cry when I look back at it. But it was honestly right. because I wasn't familiar with it, and it was bleak. Oh wow! Like it was bleak coming from them. Like we, we can yeah. never experience that. Yeah. So it was brilliant to hear 
first hand accounts yeah, from really fellows with really photographic like, memories. Like, like, like the date was 40, was it 45 at the match, wasn't it? Against the clown. I know there was more. There was it more. was 61, was it? Yeah. Or something. Or 63. In, in, uh, yeah. What was that? April 77, the day of the Grand National. I remember listening to the Grand National going up <laughs> to the bus <laughs> that day. But there's... there's the that was <laughs> Yeah, there's more horses. But there was... You'd think there was 63 or something like that. And exactly a year later, there was 80,000 for the Cup semi-final against Waterford. It was kind of amazing. But just one thing, on the 80s... I thought the 75, 76 season could have been covered a bit more because that was the worst season in our history. Ever? Guess how many games Only we won that season. The how many games oh, we, we had to get re-elected. Season? Yeah, how many games did we win that season? Can anyone? Five. Two. We got? How many games did we win in 75, 76? This one for the audience. Six games from Shane. Who else? Four. Four from Four Shane. is the answer. Four, Four is the answer, games. yeah. We beat Limerick home and away. Cork home and away? And they were shite as well. <laughs> and Cork Cork Alan O'Neill's debut. And believe it or not, we beat Bohemians in Milltown in an early morning kickoff, which was incredible. You know? How early are we but, talking about? But, 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 but that was a terror. That, that was the season. When you say early morning kickoff, what time were we talking about? It was half twelve as Half twelve, okay, remember. okay. So yeah. that was a thing back then. Half well. twelve, and a fella called Robbie Coo got the goal. But this is not a 70s show, but, uh, you, but you're bringing it up now. So <laughs> This is going to be a tree part. <laughs> so, we're going to ask you the first game you were at, and we were asking you to pick out games from the 80s. And Jason, you picked out one, one of the first games you remember. Uh, 24th of February 1980, three odd draw away to Pats. So, you said you were at this, and you said it was scary, one of the first and one of the worst incidents of football violence you've ever seen. Yeah, I remember the match was obviously it was in Richmond Park, and said, so we would have been ten then, looking at that date, and I would have gone with dad when he brought me. In. I remember I wasn't with me dad, but he was sitting in the stand, or he'd gone out for a point at half time, whatever. I remember I was standing right at the where the main stand is now. It used to be an old rickety stand. I was standing in front of that. There was a kind of a fence there, and I think Pats were in the shed, and a lot of Rovers fans went down to, to take kind of take the shed as the parlance was in the day, and it was just just mad scuffles. It was just it was really really scary. The three odd draws at the end. I think you were talking to you we were three one down. Or we were three one up and come out three I'm not 100% sure in that, but yeah. yeah it was, but that's can you remember games. what sparked it? Just as a ch- like Richie Pats were in the shed. Like we used to always go to, it was like that thing you see all these things about 70s violence and England and all about territory and all this area. Yeah. And that was it. And Pats were in the shed and the Rovers went down to try and take the shed basically. Like, remember and that, that's what so we started the love affair yeah. for you, Jason. <laughs> Started the love yeah. affair. Ah, never look back. <laughs> so, Jim, tell us your first game. I'm very, very interested in this. The first game? The first game. Oh, Can you remember it? it, it the 1st of January 1980. That, that was the first game of the 80s. We beat both Your two first ever game? Uh, first ever game. Uh, yeah. Back Cork Celtic 1968. 1968. Do you genuinely remember? Well, I, well, of course How I do. As far as I remember, Pat Courtney scored an OG. And <laughs> And he lobbed it over Big Smith and Smith chased him down the pitch, he's got to thump him. But than that, you don't remember. No, I could be wrong, but but very vague details. Yeah, but then the clearer memories come then, you know, like the the, yeah, we fit the end of the six in a row and all that. But the the standard memory at that time was when we lost in the cup in nineteen seventy to Shelburne. Yeah. Everyone was in shock. Roberts didn't lose cup toys, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because we hadn't lost a cup, we hadn't lost since the cup semi final in 1963. So, but I was only a kid then. But I always remember everyone; they were just in shock. And the Shelburne fans, of course, were ecstatic. But so we kept drawing them every year, 
We beat them every year from 66 to 69. Course, if you keep drawing the same team every year, you're going to lose them eventually, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and we lost 2-1, and oh, God, I'll never forget that. You know, so that was... They're the earliest members. Of course, the league playoff that I mentioned earlier on, 71. Yeah. Was, uh, but we can talk about that again. You know. So, Jason, regularly started going in 83. We've asked Jim to pick out a few highlights from the early 80s. Uh, March 1980 versus Athlone. Johnny Fulham's last game at Milton. So, you would have seen... in. Hmm. He's playing four at long against us. So four at long, a vintage Johnny Fulham. How good was Johnny Fulham? I adored Fulham. Yeah. Something I always now for younger fans and players. Frank O'Neill is the best player I've ever seen playing for Rovers, and Johnny Fulham and Pat Bourne. Are, I can't separate them. They're, they're me. They're, now they're stylistic me, they're, wise, they're, are we talking about player? What what type of player was Johnny? Fulham? Johnny Fulham. I'll tell you, Can you compare him to someone in our current squad? For people who first of all, so, so, when I started watching him, I don't remember one day I was watching Robinson. The ball kept going to him, and he wasn't running. He wasn't fast. And I said to my dad, "Jay, who's he? He's, he's the ball. He's on the ball all the time." And my dad said, "Watch him. He's reading the game. Johnny could read the game. Yeah. And he'd be there. I, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was. He was just always there for." You know, waiting for the ball to come to him. He was a remarkable player to watch. He was brilliant. So in but today's I, game, say, what position would like, he play? Like, like, uh, just say with the, with the with the team in recent years, it's it's hard to pick a player that'd be. Pico's a bit like that, I think. Yeah. I think Pico's very good at reading the game, but yeah. it's difficult question, question enough to answer. But um, if you were to slot Johnny Fulham into this year's team, where would you put him? Tell me that. Oh, there you are now. See, I rate the present team as as, as good as any team I've seen and. Just to give the younger fans who haven't seen him an idea of what type of player he was. Oh, just... I'm assisting me at playing. I'm front of the two centre-halves. You'd probably slot him in on front somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, He could supply balls out to the wing and that. like you know. So you couldn't say he was a six, yeah. Like Frank O'Leary was standing on the wing waiting for the ball. But it was the games that like that now, it's totally... Football's totally, totally different. Yeah. different like, like, it's, like, it's, it's, like in Johnny Fulham's time, you see a you see a winger now, and he could go, he, like Frank would be there, and there wouldn't be a bit of dirt on him or anything. Like the yeah, man, yeah. the man wouldn't. Like, he just wait for the ball, you know. You, you don't track him back. Was never heard of him. So Johnny Fulham's last game at Milltown, anyway. Johnny Fulham. How did the Kilcoins mark the occasion, Jim? Oh, the 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 Kilcoins. his last game was in Milltown. He retired in nineteen eighty. Was he forty? Was he was he he's forty? He forty years of age. Yeah, he won the cup medal at Rovers when he was thirty-eight years of age, and we released him the following year. And we were all we said, ah, no, we shouldn't release him. Keep him for another couple of years yeah, and let him retire with the club. As, he's, he's playing as well as ever, mm. and it ended up well. He went because Giles became obsessed with a, a youth team and that you know. But he went to Athlone, and his last season was nineteen eighty. He retired at the end of the season, so his last game in Milltown was uh, was uh, at loan against Rovers at, right at the end of the season. But the Kukoyans, Joe presented with, you won't believe it. Uh, they went into the office and they found plastic flowers in a vase, in a vase or a vase, some people announced, and they presented them with the plastic flowers on the pitch and at the start. The, the, the players gave... What can we give them a look around? Uh, the, yeah, and they the gave there. plastic flowers. But there's lovely photos of the Rovers team and the Lone team clapped them on and all that, you know. But I thought that was a disgrace. But it uh, just shows what the Kukoyans thought of it. Uh, Part of our history and our traditions and all that, you yeah. know. Yeah. I think the contents uh, what, of the skip uh, might, uh, might uh, allude to that. Uh, uh, that's a later story, yeah. yeah. The, uh, we remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is for Jason. Yeah. You want me to bring this up. 1981-82. So Atlan won a couple of titles here, but this one's actually won by Dundalk. 
So this was a mad system where they used a trial point system. Four points for an away win, two, three for a home win, two for an away draw, and one for a home draw. This sounds insane. It's crazy when you think back about it. Um, I'm not Had sure any other league, sorry, Jay, did anyone not, else? I was going to say that. I don't yeah. think any other league has ever done that. It was just a mad concept. Who concocted this madness? mad concept? And I remember looking at the table at the end of the season, believe it or not. If it hadn't been a normal one point for a win and three point, or one point for a draw and three points for a win, we, we'd have finished level on points with Dundalk. No way. And they would have been ahead in goal difference, but there was no goal difference in them days. So that would have gone to a playoff. So one of a shootout. It would have been a shootout in a playoff if that had been a normal one point. So. Like, well, we were that close to winning at any stage. There's a couple of away draws cost us towards the end. We, we drew it in dark in, in the run in Milltown, and uh, we, we missed a penalty. I think, I, think, I think we missed a penalty in that one as well. But it was a fair enough result. But, but, but that season, with, the, with that mad point system, the other way nowadays, like, you're a few games from home. You say, well, if we get so many points, we have the title, we know. But in them days, you didn't, because you didn't know who was playing. Who was away. Because the other teams could be playing for a different value of points per game. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, yeah. it was, wasn't it? it was so, you could technically think, okay, three points will do it, but Dundalk are away. They get four. four pointers. Ah, no, they got rid of it, thank God. Do you remember that? It rose. But now you know. Like, even like last season. It sounds like it's madness, really. It was total, dude. Finn Harp's last day, turn on the floodlights. Can you remember this? Ah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was the time. Who installed the floodlights? Was it the fans? The fans. The fans. I think I remember him. The development committee, wasn't it? Yeah, the development committee. Jimmy Keane, the head of the main man, and I don't know, people that were there at the time. And it was a huge fundraising effort. You know, and I remember we had 100 prizes. Remember the big raffle we do? And of course, I sold a load of, load of prizes and work. And it was 100 prizes, you'd expect someone to win one, wouldn't you? Oh, gee. No, not one. Not one. <laughs> oh, not, 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 not even a Oh, no, not even a chocolate. Prize of fix. You know, but yeah, but there was a huge effort put, put into that, the effort to get the, the floodlights. And the PA system was not long after that. But the fans doing all that, you yeah. know, and it was, it was a huge effort. They got coins, hardly lifted a finger, you know, it was, it was the fans. Had nothing to do with it. The fans done it. So the infrastructure yeah. of the club and the development of facilities around Kilcoins had nothing to do with that. It was, it was the all family. The fans and the fans, the fans done everything. It's sad, really, isn't it? And we, we used to just. I, I do have some photographs in my collection of uh, <laughs> Liam Christie, a great friend of mine, presented Louis with checks and people like that. I just think it's funny looking at it now, you <laughs> yeah. know. After what happened there a few yeah, years after that, it was like an extension of the supporters club, wasn't it? It was just an mm-hmm. extra committee. It was like an extension of the supporters club committee at the time, the development committee. It was. It was. Just yeah, like yeah, 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 that's, 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 that's a good assessment. Yeah, we, we opened the floodlights a game against an AUL selection. Do you remember that game? That was that was that night. That, they just tested out. Then we played Finn Harps. That was the first game under the lights in in, in Milltown. That was Finn Harps came that, down. Yeah, that was a great night. Great in night. the Hoops Club. Um, on the pitch was a great night <laughs> as well. And yeah, we we. Uh, the friendly with Liverpool in Milltown, 82, UEFA Cup games versus Fram Reykjavik and University Craiova as well. So talk about the Liverpool game forced. Do you remember that one? Ronnie Whelan. Yeah, Ronnie Whelan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ronnie Whelan. He didn't play for Lauren a few months yeah. before. He, he, he caught his finger in yeah, yeah. the, t- the taxi door. I forgot the yeah. that. And of course... He caught his finger in the taxi door. He wasn't able to play for Ireland. Why don't you play for Ireland? But the gas he was, why don't you play for Ireland and all. And 
and the harder he tried, the worse he got. He did terrible. Yeah, he tried to stick it to the fans. But Joe's very funny. But I was never a big fan of Ronnie Whelan. I liked Paul Whelan, by the way, the brother he played for Robs and Bowles and all that. But I was in Easton's one day and I see Whelan's book and and, and uh, his biography, and I wouldn't dream of buying it because I said I wasn't going to go. But I went in. The other way, you look at the index and looked. He mentioned that game and he and he said he had a great game. It was, <laughs> it was the greatest lie I've ever seen. You know? <laughs> but then we, we were one down and we got we got a lady, Liam Buckley yeah, got a brilliant goal. Rush, rush score for them, didn't you think? Rush score for rush them. Rush score for them, yeah. and then. Uh, Gayo Carroll got down the sub and he ran. Phil Lane, was it? He went around. And he crossed. It was a brilliant, brilliant call that was. Yeah, I always remember that. Yeah, that was a great one. So tell us about Fram Reykjavik. Now, we've had. We got the story about Gaffey. this, the away from the, from the gaff about going away yeah, and yeah. travelling away to landing on the moon. Landing I think he said it was akin to. Ah. So this is still our biggest European win 4 0, aggregate win 7 0. But they they were they, they were a very poor side now you know I mean? or you they were too because uh, I'd seen them they played the dock I think a year or two before and and then they got relegated I think in Iceland I remember I said oh, James would do these easy you yeah. know but the, the gas thing was I was going to go to Iceland the other way you saved a few bob only you played it. And uh, I said I ah, know we're going to get through this one no problem at all and of course they did easy enough and then we drew. Crayova and last uh, and who the ran the round. show in the middle of the park? Um, Detan, Detan, no, not Detan. Ah, no, it was taking the home bed. Yeah, the guy, the guy was Crayova. Oh, he, they were brilliant. So, Bal Tachi was it? Was his name? I think uh, uh, was uh, something like that. Yeah, he was Balaki. About he, he was brilliant. And your man Lung was in goal. He was a total nutcase. <laughs> but he was the goalkeeper in Ireland. Played Romania in the World Cup. Years later, the Remember? famous shooter, yeah, yeah. yeah Lung yeah, was the yeah. goalkeeper. It's a great oh, show. That, uh, that Dave O'Leary, so, the, the, ball so the, the famous penalty shootout yeah. for the Irish national team, that same keeper played in Milltown, played in Milltown, he did, and he was a total nutcase. And the Rovers fans loved him, but uh, but I always remember, uh, what was it, Con, Con Hill in the following day, he, he said he, he, he was going to use a certain headline after that match, but he decided not to use it. And do you know what it was? He says. Robert's cry over spilt milk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but Robert, I tell you what, that night we lost two 0 but Robert's played really well. But they were a brilliant team. They, yeah. they, they were really good. They were really good. And Jim, you wanted to bring this one up. Uh, I didn't know about this one actually. You said Alan Campbell, who obviously goes on to be top scorer in age eighty four, has that brilliant partnership with Liam Buckley. He said he almost went to Dundalk just before this season because yeah. he fell out with Giles. 82, 83, yeah, there was obviously a bit of a problem with Giles. Yeah, and he was on the transfer list and all that. Cause he'd scored a lot of goals for us before that and all, but, but Dundalk probably didn't sign him. It only came into my head there yesterday, actually. But, but Bowles were looking at him. But, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not making this up. As far as I know, this is accurate. At the time, the, the, they didn't sign him because they were investing in a new trophy cabinet or something. There was, they, were, <laughs> they, 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 were, they were refurbishing the... Is that the, the same part. one that's empty at the minute? I'm not messing. As far as I know, that is that is a fact. I think they could have got him for 1,500 quid at the time. And, you know, like Alan Campbell, as you know, is, is, he's, he's kind of... A, He's a legend, isn't he? He was brilliant in the foreign world. And then he, he, he made his living in Spain. And he's still in Scotland now, isn't he? He's very He has a, a couple of fa- family members following yeah. the hoops yeah. as well. Yeah, but what happened with him was 
when Giles he went, then he uh, he, he signed a new contract. So it was, it was quite obvious to me that there was a, there was problems behind the scenes. But uh, mm. thank God he resigned. And well, well, he was, he won the, the soccer was only one only two or three three. He got he needed the four goals against UCD. Remember ah, that, was that, was that was 1980 actually. 80, was it? He got the four goals. Wasn't against there a big UCD. check involved yeah. there? Yeah, thousand, a thousand, a thousand quid. That was a big money then. Yeah, no, that was a lot of money. Yeah, and he had to get. He had to get three, did he, on the last day? And he got four, and it was an end of season game against UCD. He beat us 7 7 1, wasn't it? But uh, I remember that game, yeah. Jason, fair play, Jason. Yeah, I remember that. So you mentioned Giles leaving there. So at the end of 82 83, uh, Noel Campbell steps in as interim manager, but then he's sacked in 1983. Uh, So what do you think of that that period with Noel Campbell at the end? Yeah, no. Noel will always be remembered as a say, Pat's man and all that, and he was. But I had a lot of time for him. He, he played with us briefly, but he used to step in. See, Giles, he used to go, he used to go off to Canada for Coover or somewhere. I remember him before the end. And, and he used to step in and run the team. And the results used to improve when he came in. That sounds but unorthodox to me. I was at the time. So we you could say he was moonlighting. Yes. It's, it's a fair... I, I, I like Giles, but I don't, I don't like being... Like, let's call it spade a spade. Yeah, we are. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the manager of two different clubs. He was. At the same time. Yeah, yeah. His special relation with Glucoins, mm. probably, that's probably allowed it, you know, because he's... I know he didn't yeah, like, he didn't yeah. like him at the end, but he's, he kind of... So they obviously gave him a little bit of leeway yeah. because he was an in-law. Yeah. yeah to go and manage Vancouver Boycaps and Shamrock Rovers at the same time. There wasn't a tie-ins there. But Noel Campbell used to come in. He used to do a good job, but he was quite popular and he... But what happened was, like in, in eighty three, it was all, uh, uh, let's see now. In eighty three, it was obviously Jim McLaughlin, no brainer was coming. So let's in. paint the picture, right? In. So they sacked him, and Jim I McLaughlin. Terrible. Before he came in, before Jim came in, Noel obviously wasn't there, and 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 Joe's uh, Yeah, Joe's are gone. The appointment of Jim McLaughlin. What was Jim doing beforehand, and what was your initial reaction to the appointment of Jim McLaughlin? <laughs> yeah, first of all, Joe's left. Remember. Giles resigned and he was gone and Noel Campbell managed the team from I think it was around February 83 to the end of the season and he was quite well like but, but it's been like Sean Thomas in, in 77 when, when Giles came in at the first time he Sean, Sean Thomas has got rid of and Noel Campbell was too and he, he sued afterwards and he, he got an error court settlement I think but, but when Jim McLaughlin came in we were ecstatic so that's what I'm saying yeah, so where paint the picture where was he beforehand and was this a coup? He'd been building with the dark. He'd done leagues and comes to the dark and doubles. Yeah, he'd been, he'd he had some good results he was the dark the in Europe. Absolutely. He'd change everything. He'd come in and change So, w- what do you think convinced them to make the move to Rovers? I think what might have convinced Well, obviously, Rovers' stature as a club and that. But, yeah. but I think, I think, in fairness to John Giles. He, but this was pre four in a row. Had Rovers yeah, got the stature? There's a lot of good players there. See, 82 83 was a really disappointing season. We should have done far better than we yeah. did. We'd signed some good players like Jacko was there, Cody, all these guys, Harry. Yeah. Like, these were quite experienced players. Yeah, but he only like, kept the likes of Cody and Kenny. Yeah. The rest were new signings. But, but I know Alan Campbell yeah. was there, Liam Buckley. Like, the, Jesus, the makers of Alan Lee was there because he went there and there was a team there. But no, no, like, he, he took over a, a, a Robert scene that was underachieved. But just a, lot, a lot of the players yeah, that were the there, already sports. there. Mm. won the four league medals. So we'll talk. We'll talk about. Yeah. You have. I'm, I'm guessing you have the likes of Jody Bourne in the script in a, in a, in a while. So that those some of the decisions that he made as a gaffer, the likes to axe Alan O'Neill to bring in a, a relative, mm. a teenager. 
I still find that as one of the most fascinating moves in Rovers history is that a teenager getting brought in inexperienced into the foreign row team and going on to do what he did but we will talk about that soon yeah. <clears throat> okay so Jim McLaughlin signings okay Jason you were talking off air just there as we were refueling we were talking about if he made bad signings everybody made an impact well as Jimmy said there was the base of a decent squad there you know I mean to add you had Campbell you had Buckley Harry Kenny John, John Cody obviously you said the big shock was bringing in Jody you know a lot of spotlight was in Jody you know, and you know, Cody, and he did make one or two errors to start, didn't he, Jimmy? And there was a kind of a bit of he was under a bit of pressure. The fact that he came through that Jody is is like it's talent to his character and he did that. But then he signed the likes a lot of Kate Bowes, well not directly from Bowes, even ex Bowes. Papa one was obviously the main one. Papa one was there's no explaining how good Papa one. People say if you open say Gary, Troy and you know match a player to the present day squad. There's yeah. just nobody. Nobody. Like Jack Bowen might have a little bit more talent than him, but he didn't you have to remember Papa when he did it. He ran games. He ref games. Yeah, he ran them. Yeah, yeah. He scored goals. He laid them on. He just organised everything. There was, there was no, I've never seen a player before or since in the League of Ireland, you know. Then Kevin Brady came in. And to see Kevin Brady and John, you just don't see it anymore because of three at the back and stuff like this. You don't see the old 4 4 twos for To watch John Cody and Kevin Brady overlap as a left foot, outside left. It was just football. It was just brilliant to watch. He saw Neville Stephen from the scrap heap. Neville Stephen was absolutely outstanding that year. Talk about wing, a wing player, winger. Right when you winger. say the scrap heap, give yeah. us a bit of in, insight into that. Torless Town. He's with Tor- he had been yeah. with Torless Town. Torless Town. Yeah, he's with Torless Town and he'd been way off the map. You know, he'd, he'd been a kind of a forgotten, a forgotten player in the League of Ireland. He just brought him back and just what, McLaughlin had that magic to get into a player's head and to get the best out of him. He brought in Mick Neville. Mick Neville's a great... So Mick Neville could play anywhere. Right back, centre-half, centre-midfield. Papuan was obviously the best player of, of, of the first four in a row. For me, Mick Neville was the second best player. He, he would have won player of the year, one of the years. Mick Neville was outstanding. And then, you know, we just Liam O'Brien came in. It was just, just every year. The signs, everybody made an impact. I think the you mentality know, no you're talking about... The mentality you're talking about goes back to the conversations we've had with the four in a row because we've obviously had them on the show and we've chatted with them and we've sat with them and had drinks and they said that training matches were just as competitive as games yeah, yeah. he said there was no messing about yeah. so they used to train on tarmac they used to train in the car, the park, car park at park times yeah. just to get their touch right yeah. and he said that you could not give an inch and I think it, it was Pat Bourne no sorry it was Mick Bourne who I was talking to him just it was at the gala so we hadn't won the league and I said to him what would you say to this team about going into this Pats game the huge Pats game where Bogey and and Greener scored. I said, what would you say to them? He says, we don't need to say a thing to them. They should know and they should be up for this. I said, if you don't want to play in a game like this where the pressure is huge and it's on, I said, you shouldn't be playing for Rovers. And I just found that brilliant. And it, yeah, yeah. And it was just one more. Sorry, just can be head out. It wasn't signed straight at the start of that season, but he started the season as the player manager of UCD, Dermot mm-hmm. Keeley. Yeah. He signed him. And Keeley was looking kind of a hey, figure Rovers on from Dark. He was an absolute animal of a player probably by his own mission but we got him that was the bit of steel we needed in the back we John Cody there I'll be them sorry Peter Eccles and Mick Neville back and Jack and McDonough bringing Keely in Keely was like Keely left a player manager role at UCD to come back to Rovers as a player to quite similar player. to Noel Noel who am I, who am I forgetting the striker who was retired Noel Larkin Noel Larkin as well yeah, but I think absolutely. Pat told us a great story that we were asking about who was the toughest players that they played against and he said there McKeely they were training in Milltown one time and he tackled a lawnmower. A steamroller or something. <laughs> a steamroller. And it was out of action for the rest. They had to get a new one. So um, I think those signings and his ability and his man management, we're going to go into the 
the draw of the two nil home win there. So specific so. home games, Jason's picked out draw of the two nil at home. Bowles won all at home. So why these two? Well, the the, the draw of the game was because I said I'd been at the odd game we did over the years, but it was the first game of the four in a row, and coincidentally, it was the first game I start going regular. I start going to every home game after that, and it was just by chance I actually went to the game. Uh, my man was actually. Uh, pregnant and my brother my younger brother and she went into difficulties like this was October um, funny enough my brother was actually born in April four days after we won the four in a row fifth of April we won on the fourth of April but she went to the hospital so I had to stay down with my uncles my grannies in Crumlin Wilma Road down the road there and my uncle brought me to the match him and a guy called Lars Stafford Lars still goes to games goes home and away and he just brought me to the game so it was funny enough that I went to that game you know it just by chance I happened to be there and I just got the book back again and like, I was able to go on my own then at that stage I was 13 and I went to every game then uh, and that match as well that game was the believe it that was the first game it, it, it led to all the League of Ireland clubs having to get floodlights installed obviously we had them at Milltown we spoke about it earlier Daily Mount but a lot of other clubs hadn't got them because that was the first game where the English uh, stats shown from the 80s onwards live f- English football every week it was either a Friday or a Sunday and it was Spurs October the 2nd 83 it was Spurs against Forests and that happened then every week and as a result of that the League of Ireland had to change and that's from the sunny games in the League of Ireland kind of started to peter out a bit after that because of the fact that we couldn't clash with the English games the crowds were weren't great but they were going to get worse but that's what I remember about that game and obviously we won 2 nil that day Buckley got 2 and just I started going regularly after that and just you know So Jay just to touch on that because we spoke with Ray Whelan recently about his match day experience as a child right you're saying you were toward in and he said he'd get five pound a week and he said it would be a struggle not to spend it before the sunday <laughs> just so he could go and he he named out everything that he went and he bought his program his everything as a 13 year old going to every game tell us about like your experience getting the few quid to get there and as a child going to rovers how how did your week lead up to that game and to get the money to, to to go, do you know what well, I mean? You, would, you get a few. I think at that time it would have been real pocket money. I think I was doing collecting the old pills for the CRC, something like that. You might get six or seven quid commission, whatever it was that, and you would keep that. But we had a routine then every Sunday. When I start going to games and I start meeting guys and I start travelling away with a gang of about seven or eight, was some of them still going now, were Jim Toner, <coughs> James Cook, Robbie Tormey, and other guys. I mean, what I do, I just stay down to me every Sunday. You know, you'd go to your granny's for dinner and she lived in Dolphin Road about my dream, and I'd get the 19 down to the bottom of. Uh, Leonard's Corner and I'd meet James and that James would have walked from Pimlico with a couple of his mates and we'd walk to Milltown every week through that route yeah. and it was the same every week and that was the same routine even when we went to Milltown so no communication clockwork there was no, there was no, clockwork. no, no I always wonder how we'd meet if someone was late or someone couldn't make it or the bus didn't turn up how, how would you know but we always got there and we always met and then even when you got to Milltown it was the same routine every week you go to Shed for the first half and then we were able to cross over Second half, wherever goal, whether it be the Gonzaga end or the Milltown end, the Milltown Road end, we go there behind the goal for the second half. I always love the perseverance in that era to get to games, like because it it's a different time to what it is now. We live in a social media age, and it's it's much easier. There's a lot more money being accessible to kids, so I love the determination of young kids to be able to get to a game <laughs> we at the age of thirteen. We won't bring up the seventies again, but. Remember the three replays with us loan? Jim yeah, all three. And Jim. then you got the train to Limerick on the Sunday as a teenager. Like I think that was your Christmas present. I don't know two or three Christmas presents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we man that. Yeah, four games in five days. One of them in Limerick. Oh, 
Then we're knocked out of the cup. <laughs> so talk about Bo's one all. This is a memory from who's this one probably? Jason picked out. Jason. I've been I've been remembering that Rovers Bowes games over the years. Look, as a kid, my dad brought me. I remember when at Milltown Road in 80, 81 when Giles manager. But this was the first time I'd, I'd noticed the ferocity of the the derby. What it meant. Uh, we are one 0 up early. I don't think we scored early, and Bowes were behind the Milltown okay. Angles. And they scored with a few minutes. John Rayner scored for them. Yeah. John um, Rayner scored and they got. Yeah, yeah. And they scored late on. And I just remember the, the whole ball was in, just the Milton Lane, and the whole shed. I remember just said, and the whole shed just said singing, Can you run? Can you run? Can you run? At the ball's van, I just said it. So that's yeah. that's one of your really early that's what, memories. That's only how, how, how much the, the velocity of the day yeah. meant then, you know, it's just. So yeah. as a young impressionable kid, you just thought this is for me. Oh, this is it, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is it. So you mostly picked out wins today, but Jim actually is starting with a defeat. Finn Harps two one away. Why do you want this one, Jim? Yeah, because we lost two one, but it was one of our best performances of the season. It was it was a strange game. We we went up to Finn Harps, it was it was a it was a legendary trip, by the way. I won't go into that, but it was just a great trip we had up. Do you mind but if I we, delve into how you got there? Because obviously we run buses and can, the away days are great. So yeah, back then, how had, was a, it? Still four hours up and down, and yeah, it was, we had a bus trip. Yeah, so you had a bus, sort of same we, I, on. I, I, I think we stayed in Donegal Town or something and all that. And I know we were a lively enough crew. It was, <laughs> it was, it was uh, like Sean McNulty and all these shit and all these characters. And Brian, probably called Brian Pidham and all these. There were characters like, and it was just a weekend on the piss, basically. Yeah. But, but the game itself was it was a marvelous game, and but I'll always remember it because uh, Rovers murdered them, you know. Still but the, lost 2-1. But, but, but we, we lost 2-1, but the, the, the thing about it was that uh, there was a fellow called McIntyre, Declan McIntyre was playing goal for them, and he's a dunny goal man, but he's a great friend of the Roberts fans, by the way, he lived in Ranelagh, do you remember him? <laughs> Declan gave him a drink one day, he said, Declan gave him a drink one day. Yeah, 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 but that day he had the game. Oh no, he was unbelievable. The amount of saves he made, he he, he, he was carried off at the end, shoulder high, and I'll always remember, I'll just never forget that game. But Rovers were just brilliant, and but we had a problem. We had a problem in central defence. You could see it because Brendan Bradley was a great player for them, and he he went through twice, got two, they two attacks, he got two goals. We lost two one, you know. Jacko scored for us, but I, I'll always remember the following day. Uh, I was in work and the brother rang me and uh, he says, oh, James, what's the story in, in, uh, in yesterday's game? I said, do you know what, Mick, we're going to win the league this year. And you said? He said, what? I said, mm-hmm. no, we're going to win the league. I said, that team's brilliant. I said, I know we, we lost two. We hadn't won the league in 20 years at this point. So we hadn't won the league in 20 years. I said, no, this is it. I said, we're going to win the league this year. He says, go away. Because he was playing a match that day. He couldn't get up to Donegal. Yeah. But I did say one thing to him. I said, but we need we need to straighten up the central defence. I says, if we do that, we'll... I've no doubt, and we signed Keely very quickly. Boom. And that's, I'm going back to what Jason said earlier on. And I don't care what anyone says, we, we'd never have won that far in a row without Keely. See, at that time, there was, there was kind of a thing in Rovers that. Keely, he was no angel on the pitch, that's a nice way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> but but there, was, there was older fans in us that you said, they didn't like Robert signing Keeley because they said, no, yeah, we don't do yeah. that. I know, fellas like Mackie Clark and Mickey Burke were no angels in, in the past, but we, we did have a few teams that should have won leagues. I, I knew that from talking to people that were a little bit soft, but Keeley gave us that. Yeah. That's and, and I remember we signed Keeley and I said, 
he was player manager at UCD and we got Keely in and I remember that. We, we were down to it low and I think they were very good at the time. We drew one all a few weeks later. Initial thoughts when and, Keely and came in, Jay? Oh, straight away. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah. You, you thought, yeah, I'll take that. He knew how to play the game as well. See, see, that Rovers team, they could play brilliant football. But the difference between them, so even the 50s team, I believe, from what older boys told me, they could go down to Athlone or Sligo in, in December in the pissings or rain and they'd kick the shite out of them. Yeah. They'd match them for that. But some of the older Rovers teams weren't good at that. Like you, you, and you, you, mix it up, you, you must remember, we only ever retained the league once before the, before the A's team did it, you know, in our history. But Keeley was a key side. And yeah. I, 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 I'll always regard him as that. And one, of the, one of the hardest players I've ever seen. Who, yeah, he was tough, yeah. wasn't he? So the next one, uh, I actually want to read a post by Ben Stafford, who we uh, we invited here today, but Gary's off to Anfield. He's off sunning, oh no, he's not sunning again. himself, he's off again, is he? Yeah. He's at the Dublin Derby. I was missing his podcast. <laughs> so this is the draw had a 7-0 game. So uh, I found this in Robert Shot a while ago, I was looking for the right time to read this out. I think I've found the right time now. So it's a 7-0 win, way to draw this. So this post is actually good for years old now, but he goes... The wildly accepted best league of Ireland away trip in a while to Galway uh, got me asking myself the question, can you remember your first away trip to Rowers? Uh, I couldn't have picked a better one. January 1984. Uh, <laughs> it actually wasn't my first one. A couple of travelling by car preceded it, but it was the first on the supporters bus at the time organised by Mick Cairns and Anto Wilkes. So off into town, tinfoil packed the sandwiches under the arm. A little <laughs> apprehensive as I knew very few fans then. But safe in the knowledge that my travelling companion and older cousin was a hardened regular on such trips, the destination was Drada. Even back then, one of the shortest trips, but a longer trip than the current 35-minute spin up the motorway. The first part of the trip was quite tame. A lot of Sunday newspapers in evidence, in, in evidence plus talk of the previous night's match of the day. Yep, it wasn't a mortal sin to talk about English football on a League of Ireland bus back then. The stopping off point was Julianstown, where the obligatory hand, handful of points were had. The atmosphere in the bus, therefore, livened up considerably for the remaining short distance to the ground. Green and white, to the tune of Elderweiss, uh, a, long, a song never heard now, is one that comes to mind. This is also the point where I meet and talk to Sean McNulty for the first time, wearing his iconic green and white knitted jumper. One of the first of his sentences to me was, Do you want some cider? As he kindly offered me a swig of his flag. On to the game. Draw had a by Tony Mackin at the time. And they had won the League Cup the previous week. They decided to parade the trophy before the game. Big, big mistake. <laughs> Robbers formed the Guard of Honour to clap their opponents onto the pitch. Robbers keeper Jody Byrne told me many years later that Jim McLaughlin told them to clap tap them onto the pitch and then go out and show them who the real winners are. The team obeyed his orders. They put in arguably their most complete performance of that famous title winning year, a 7-0 thrashing. Drogheda didn't know what hit them. Neville Stephen, like so many games in his one season wonder, was unplayable. Well, the actual seven goals were difficult to remember. I think Liam O'Brien walked through the Drogheda midfield in defence to score a particularly good individual effort. With about five minutes to go, Tony Mackin has seen enough and he headed down the touchline for the sanctuary of the dressing room. Robbers fans politely let him slip away. Yeah, right. You can fuck that League Cup in the bin now, Tony. <coughs> We're singing. There was more to come. The obligatory stop in Julianstown. Jubilant Robbers fan piled into the lo- a large lounge area of the previously visited pub. Music playing, fans singing, dancing. Then the bar owner, not having expected such numbers at 6pm on a Sunday, 
and therefore <laughs> quite short-staffed made a Tony Mackinesque error he agreed some Robbers fans with bar experience helping behind the bar well we heard that before <laughs> eh? yeah. everything went down everything <laughs> All I would say is, never has so many points been ordered for so little money. <laughs> <laughs> the remainder of the trip home was filled with songs and cheap beer stories. I got off the bus in O'Connell Bridge, ran over to Metropole to get the number three home to Ring's End. Tired, Monday morning in school, preparing for the upcoming leaving start ahead of me, but happy. Hooked on Robbers away trips and eagerly awaiting the next one. As I was a sad young lad in those days, I kept a copybook of the season results and below was a Entry for the draw of the game, and uh, I know you can't see the people listening at home can see this, but Garrett, look at this beautiful handwriting. This is this is Glenn. like Seb. This is like really old, beautiful copybook. Brilliant of, stuff from oh, better part of the game, and um, yeah. superb, superb story <laughs> yeah. from Ben who uh, <laughs> who's frequented the the the, the probs plenty of times, and I think I remember talking to him there about which four in a row team was better and. The lads were nodding away there. You obviously remember all this. Yeah, well, that was my first trip outside Dublin as well. And it's the first time I met Rob, Rob, Your first trip? Outside Dublin, I met Robbie Tormey. And that's the first time I met Robbie Tormey. And two was a two young to drink. So, but even, me and Robbie Tormey didn't go to the public. We went to see Oliver Plunkett's head in Drogheda. Before they get do you know what? That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> Pre- preparation for, for the next trip. Huh? But that was some month. Because we won in Limerick the week before. We won, won nil. And... It was that was one of the greatest months I ever had with Rovers actually because we, we hammered everyone that month. No, let's 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 put that know, to it was, bed. It was a great right? month. Was a one great of the month. one of the greatest ever months following Rovers was just recently with the four in a row, the demise of. I mean, you have to you have to enjoy the demise of other teams. Cork getting relegated. Cork getting relegated. <laughs> and it wasn't the Bowles having <laughs> an absolute stinker coming sixth, oh, losing the cup final. <laughs> everything just. Like the whole divine comedy thing with his quote about being sixth. Not, I'm not here to come sixth. Like it was, it's a fabulous time. It's a fucking fantastic time to be alive to follow Rovers. Think about it. That's it's great, it's yeah. superb. So I think, like some of the young fans now, they are very very lucky as to regards to what they're what they're experiencing at the moment. So um, we'll talk about Dundalk one one home. Down to eight men. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about this. Well, we only started talking about that recently. Obviously, we had an occasion where we were down to eight men recently this season. Yeah. And the, the Sean, uh, the Sean came Grant, to mind, yeah. Sean Grant and obviously um, gambling fund. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> who, who didn't um, who didn't ref again? Yeah. So um, that brought me memories that we played them dog and we were one we were one nil down and they had three men sent off. Remember Martin Lawler was definitely one of them. And we just could not break them down. And I remember there's a famous, I was talking to GBA, the famous photograph from one of the, probably the Irish press the next day. Yeah. And Deco, Big Deck, and Martin Lawler had, had a real love hate affair over the years. You know, and there was a picture in the paper the next morning and Lawler's getting sent off and he's going off. And Deco's just waiting for him like that. Just to give him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an annual event. It's used to have a lot of every year. Deck flipping it? off of Martin Lawler. <laughs> yeah, but some of those games you're talking about, and we just couldn't, even how good Rovers were that year before, we just could not break them down. And we got a late, late equaliser in Old King. I mean, we drew, we drew one all. Like, you know, we just as I said, we can talk about as you mentioned earlier, Carl picking out victories and all great memories from the foreign round. But there's other games that stick out like that one, you know. And Jimmy always mm-hmm. mentioned the feet, the Finn Harvest that kind of, you know, as he said, made him realise this is we're actually better than 
you know, I think a lot of people think we are, even though we've lost the game. So it's moments like that, you know. So that one all right, one thing that sticks out to me about the four in a row, so we've got the home farm five nil away win with a Campbell Hadrick. The one thing that sticks out to me on paper because I wasn't there and I didn't experience it is the turnover of prolific strikers within that four in a row. So yeah. What was the first partnership you had? And then you had another turnover. <clears throat> yeah. So we'll talk about that briefly. I don't know. Did you panic when Campbell and so Buckley that's what, well, like, yeah, so I'm, we I'm fascinated by this. So we lost to Linfield because we lost Campbell and Buckley. We would have, right. We'd never have lost to Linfield. Jason, I, I agree with you fully there. You know, we didn't... Bourne, and Bourne had to be in sign. We had signed Paul McGee. We scored the odd early goal. Um, but he didn't kick on. He wasn't great. Yeah. Like, we had to play Peter Eccles centre-forward against Linfield. That's how bad... How, how, centre-half. Now, we did score in the home leg. That's how desperate we were. It was only... A, we saw Mick Bourne start to score. And Mick was injured early on as well, wasn't he? But Linfield we, were a very good side. There's no doubt about that. But I agree totally with Jason there. We had problems with up front, hadn't we? Yeah, but the turnover, like, the there the was a, a wealth of riches of Yeah, well, it took, took, took us a few weeks to get the mid. Yeah, 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 Larkin, yeah, Larkin yeah, only came in. No, Larkin hadn't arrived, you know. Hadn't arrived, Mick Bourne got injured early. So, as I said, so we had what to play was Peter the, the no Larkin, scored, actually, the, yeah, the the no Larkin acquisition, right? So this is a retired footballer. A retired centre-half, right? Who goes on to become a four-in-a-row winning striker. He had played up front for it long as well. He played up front, but... What was your thoughts when he came in? And we've had Nolan the show and he's a great fellow, but like on paper for the people who didn't experience it, it's it's a mad concept. For yeah. a retired centre half to come into a potential four in a row league winning team to play but, up front. Oh why actually it was no lark ah, yeah, stop gap maybe. You know, do a yeah. job. Yeah. Do a job kind of what, what, what well, the Jimmy had seen the regular over the years, like the, the, the relationship Campbell and Buckley had or the relationship we have with the Roberts fans and the partnership we had together. Yeah, yeah. You thought you'd never see that, equal that, or even yeah. better, but it just turned out probably probably, that's better, what I'm probably saying. better. So Larkin had a football brain that was just unmatched to him him and the old yeah, like, thing the old front two of um Buckley and Campbell like the old thing, Buckley would win it in the air and Campbell would run over it. Yeah. But Mick and Noel were probably a little bit better technically yeah. and football brain wise. You know, Mick was a great yeah, finisher and yeah. Noel had a great football brain. Desi Baker and Twig had that. That as was well, probably that later well. on. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. But the that's fact that you had those consecutively in that four in a row was a wealth of riches. Like it must have been brilliant to watch. Here, I'm gonna ask, can I ask Jason a question? Go on, go on. Which is the better two up front? Can oh, this Campbell, is what I want to know. Campbell and Buckley are, are, are Mick Bourne and well, Noel said, Because I'd only seen Campbell and Buckley be regular for one season like every week, I would say um, Larkin and Bourne because I just thought they were just together. Just And no disrespects to, to, to Campbell and Buckley, but I totally agree with you. So Mick Bourne as a striker, believe, right? Believe, the tele- believe, the telepathy yeah. was probably better between so yeah, Mick, Mick Bourne as a striker some deals what, what can we once again I love to compare them to the current day for the fans who've never seen them what type of striker was Mick Bourne because he'll tell like about 31 goals in the four in a row he'll tell you he'll tell you he scored the goals and he looks great like he's a brilliant brilliant fella tell us about him as a player what, what was he like as a player was he a fox in the box did he drop deep what did he do he's a bit more flair than just a fox in the box he? he was a flair centre forward he's got a lot of good goals he wasn't just a, a six. A six see, see yeah. as, as something we touched on earlier on, the game's changed so much. Like the four in a row team now, it's the first ever Rovers team that's been successful that hasn't got players that score 25, 30 goals a season. Yeah, that's never happened before. Very much. Go so, back yeah. all through the history, and you. you but this is the but the game has changed so much. Our goals are spread around, aren't they? Yeah. It's a totally different game now. I love Mick Bourne. He's, I tell you, he's one of the nicest. Players. I could go on with Mick for days, but. In them days, Mick was, it was a bit like Mick Leach. He, he was a 
a term we used to use as kids playing football is use a hatcher. hatcher. Yeah, a hatcher. <laughs> oh, man. That's an old-fashioned word, isn't it? But, but you don't have them now. No the, foxes in the box anymore, no, really, is there? It's a different game. Bad as dude, it happens. But, but you know what I mean? Where would Mick play? He, he was... Like, I'd say he would have adjusted, adapted, like, you know, he was he was great. But these are the conversations I love having. I love yeah. being able to compare them back and forth with people yeah, who've because, actually yeah, seen because them. Because you, you play know. two up front, you never would have to adapt to play. Yeah. Like, no, was the one that came short and held yeah. the ball up. So he'd run off him. Yeah, he'd run off Exactly, yeah, that was the type of great question. Great question, great question. Yeah. Um, Shelbourne, 3-1, our first league title in 20 years. So tell us about this. This was akin to the cup final. It must have been as in how you felt. As regards to winning the league with the cup final in 2019, <coughs> been such a large gap between winning titles. Tell us about. But what, what was a ridiculous gap, wasn't it? 20, 20 years. 20 years, yeah. You see, Rovers, in, 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 my first loads of years, the cup was an obsession. It was always the cup, the cup, the cup. But I was brought up on kind of Rovers to win the league, we'd win the cup. Yeah. That's the way it was. We'd be kind of runners up in the league. But that, that's just the way it was, you know. But it, by '84, the league had become the the one, and it was a great day, wasn't it? It was a pretty great. So I didn't appreciate it as much as uh, the likes of Jimmy would. Now, like I've seen Rovers win eleven titles, right? And the likes of Jimmy's seen eleven as well, and so was Mick's brother, his elder brother. Yeah. Because of that twenty-year gap, so people have gone to see Rovers for years and years and years longer than me, you know. So you're dead right, guy. I was going to use that analogy myself about the cup final. The way yeah. I felt at the cup final, the twenty-year gap, yes. was I'm sure the way these guys felt. It was my fourth season on regular. I was delighted, loved it. The moment when John Cody scored a goal, like the lads say, John Cody was a Rovers fan. He was a goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and he scored a third goal that day against. Yeah, he jumped on the fence. Like that was just, that was like, as you said, like we had a moment. I, I spoke about the moment this year when Borky went through and scored a second goal at Richmond Park. That was the moment he won the league. Yeah, that happened when Cody scored that goal. That so day. that was the that was yeah. the moment. Two two one went three one up, and then he just ran and jumped on the fence. And like, never forget was, the day, first of April, first of April, it was exactly yeah. And who died that day? Famous singer. And, and every year, Big Deck would ring me on the first, the first of April, and he put it on, he put it on, on the phone. It's not fucking calling me now, anyway. Maverick Gay, it was out for a shot of that day. Well, you heard it from the grapefruit. Yeah. That was on the first of April. Were you in the piss after that match, Jason? Come on, I was tore then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was tore. Wasn't fourteen three days later. Come on now, you must. Flagging aside, I down the field. Jim McLaughlin brought us off, and we all went down to the. Dropping well. Dropping well. And the, you can imagine what it was like to all up the t- singing and all. And next thing, uh, we, were all, we were all thrown out. We were told to go. Was that the day that John and, 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 and John McLaughlin did. He, he got up and he sang another song and he sang You'll Never Walk Alone. And McLaughlin led us out of the pub. We went off, <laughs> we went off to another pub. I was some night that. But I always think that, that was the type of spirit that he, he got in the club. He, he's a very clever man. It's man management. And it's I, don't think John McGla- I don't think Jim McLaughlin's probably celebrated enough within the club I think it's he's a bit of a mythical figure at times when you talk about the, the newer fans that exist I think well, Jim possibly could when, we could do a little bit of justice by him well what he did with the yes. law beforehand right what he did with Derry afterwards what he did with Rose he transformed yeah. in 20 years if the, the call to Derry hadn't come right which happened before with the loss of Milltown obviously Derry were coming and that was his hometown club right yeah. imagine if we hadn't lost Milltown and if McLaughlin had stayed there I'm telling you we were talking six, seven, eight titles yeah easy but the, but the lure of Derry, he had to go you, to Derry. But the, without the loss and the catastrophic effects mm. that the loss of Milltown had, he probably would have stuck around. Yeah, see, so, see, see, yeah. Jim did 
Did McLaughlin's detractors, did they say, oh, well, he, had, he could handpick the best players in the league? Is that what people would say? But they always say that. <laughs> but was, was it a case of wanting to work with McLaughlin? Because Jay says that... I'll give you an example of his McLaughlin. His man management was brilliant. Joe, you know his man management was absolutely fantastic. And I'll just give you two little, two little anecdotes. I remember we used to go to player of the year, he'd meet me man and dad. And years and years later, we, we were at some function Rovers had, just about 15 years, 20 years, and he came out to me down and says, how are you, Jim? How's, your, how's Mary? He so the little things. He remembered. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. and, and as his management, I remember one day we were up watching the reserves up in Santry, and he was, and he was there, and not a word out him standing on the line. An example to all managers, and I always remember we were playing meaningless B match, and we were playing Shelbourne, and, and he called over this young person. He says, "Look, he says, this, and we were so could hear, we were earwigging." He says, "Listen, young fella, you go over that side and run at the full back and get her across." And the young fella done it about five minutes later, and we won two one. So he just knew it. He knew his stuff. He knew his stuff. Now I know it's a meaningless B match, but that is that was the style of management. He, he was just brilliant. He, he that, could spot it a mile off, yeah. He could spot it, and, and we, we'd be standing there watching. We would, we'd never but see. You could see that, things you know? had changed mid-game. Mm. The amount of times I know we we had a season there in the recent four in a row. Where remember we think we scored late goals against Longford, and we'd a run there about I think six out of ten games. Remember that year? We had a lot just, of late goals. Just the COVID, mm. yeah. But that four in a row team, he went behind so many times, and he yeah. just he's able to change. They won so many games from one 0 down or two one down. You could just spot it. Absolutely. Unbelievable! Mm. There's no fluke, like. Yeah. So we're gonna end the 83-84 season with the FEI Cup when uh, UCD against All Oz denied us four doubles in a row. So this campaign was there was trouble at Limerick away. Then you had huge crowds at the semi-final games against Shelburne. Went Ooh. to a replay, and then the disappointment, the, the shock defeat to Alan O'Neill in goal for UCD. Robbie Gaffney Robbie as well. Gaffney as well. Yeah. Robbie Gaffney as well. Robbie So the the cup campaign, Jim Limerick, Shelburne, UCD. Ah, well, Limerick, I can't forget. The second battle of Limerick, the first one was in 73. Tell us about this, and, because and I've heard about roof slates being... Sl- a uh, big deck flagging down the team bus. Ah, sure, the team bus, they had the windows put in and everything. So I was walking out the gate after the game, we won 1-0. And I, I could talk all day about this guy. Walking out the gate, and I thought I'd read fuzzy hair at the time, you know. And next thing, do you know what happened? A bottle, the north side fell in it. A, 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 a bottle came through me hair. <laughs> and I hit the wall behind me. I didn't see the bloody thing. But I, I could feel it. And I was about that much. I would have been killed. Would have been and I, come on, that in. And we jumped into the style houses. And the bottles were raining So thank God down. you're a short arse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was slightly taller. But that was a serious riot now. You know, like the one in 73 was kind of funny. But the 74, or the 84. Those Limerick riots uh, so, are notorious. The, 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 the 84 one was mad. And so Terry, yeah, what happened? Everson scored the last minute. That was and, it. And I Terry Evans scored. I didn't tell you not to have a point. And, he caused and, that. And actually, he's always said, I've done nothing the first time was at Rowers. But it says you got the bleeding winner in Limerick and you caused a riot. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, that was, that was, by the way, it was a great day and, and uh, I, 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 I live to tell the story. But talk about the shock of this UCD Cup final loss. The, people, people always use the word shock. It wasn't a shock, really. To UCD in the Cup final? No, no. See, people think of UCD, they think of them now. Back then, Look, the results. The, the, the first game, yeah. I remember the first game was absolutely terrible. Oh, they all draws. Yeah. But we so had beat, had hadn't we played a lot of games up, and, up we until We had beaten that. them comfortably before this point. No, we hadn't. The scoreline was comfortable. We beat, we beat them 2-1 in Milltown with an injury time goal yeah, in December. Yeah. That's not correct as well. 
No, seriously, and they and they. Uh, do you remember that game? What they knew. Game? They knew. They were. They, they played like a lot of the teams do now. They, they were ahead of their time. Even back then. We, so they played football. They no, no, they knew the dark arts and all. Didn't they? No, not, yeah. not, not them. They were a good side. Oh, but they weren't students. Now, Paddy Dunning wasn't Paddy a Dunning. student. You yeah, said yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Alan O'Neill and these people. They weren't students doing yeah. that even like some of the lads. Very mature there. students. They were <laughs> very mature. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly think it's a myth about that final. The, uh, UCD weren't, were no... Um, no mugs. Oh, God. Should have proved against Everton, didn't they? Yeah, yeah very much so, yeah. yeah. More than I yeah. But just before, yeah, the, yeah. Just the, the shock of the, the shock of that defeat, right? but the crowds for the two semi-finals... Like that just came out nowhere, didn't it? We Way played, bigger than we small. We played Shelburne, eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand at semis. Shelburne yeah. probably getting about fifteen hundred at the time. We were getting yeah. two and a half. Three so were the semis neutral at that time? Yeah, they bought a tiny amount. Eighteen thousand turned up. It was just unbelievable. Just, it was a great game. You couldn't yeah. see it. You couldn't see it. So anywhere. just to paint the picture as well here, because we're all used to current affairs and current mm. structures as regards to fan culture. Was there much singing and chanting back then? Was it? I remember. I think you spoke recently about a Luton game. Against, I think a Luton well, game had a lot of seventies and eighties songs. Yeah, yeah. So was there? Well, there wasn't even a lot of that. Was there a culture of singing back then, or was it like? Tell me about that. Tell me about the, the, the experience in the stands. Well, it wouldn't have been all coming from English games, basically, wouldn't it? You like people yeah. had a chance of matches day yeah, yeah. Saturday night, and it was all just taken from there. You know, so there was, was, there was there the late sixties. Yeah, yeah. well. So like, you still would have a similar yeah. culture that exists yeah. now back then, yeah, as yeah. in chanting, I, singing. Less crowd, the ultras, you could say. Shelburne, like Rovers obviously had the potential to be a big crowd of it, but the Shelburne crowd that came over those two games, like I think it was 18,000 on Friday. We were lucky we drew one off. Peter Eccles again came up, played centre, had to play centre forwards. Yeah. Because Buckley was injured. Yeah. And then the replay, we won one. It was a Buckley come on sub for winner, Peter, yeah. and he got the winner in the replay. Well, I think it was 14,000 at the replay. There's 18,000 on Friday, which you couldn't. Oh, yeah. And there's 13 or 14,000 to replay the following Wednesday. Like it was just it was unbelievable. A big game. Yeah. Oh, cracking game. Like, there's only 8,000 at the final, put it that way, like, you know. 8,000 at the final, 18,000 in the semi. Yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you explain that? Like, what, what do you think is the thought process behind that? Well, Rovers were re- re- rejuvenated, weren't they? There was always in the media Rovers, and, and then the old Rovers Shelburne rivalry probably would have come out as well, Jimmy. You would have had a lot of. Like, UCD, like, they don't fans really. Exactly. In fact, the most famous fan was Henry the mascot. Remember the dog? Remember he was more famous and all that? Yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? But the pitch was. Remember that oh, day? Oh, that's rock hard. The first there, game there was rock hard. Was like a dust ball, wasn't it? And they had the because they had the international the week before, hadn't it? And there was, it was a terrible crowd at, at the international. I think Poland yeah. nil all or something. It was a terrible match before. Yeah, you just couldn't play in the pitch. Yeah. The replay was a very good game. Talk yeah. So we, a, we move on from yeah, that anyway. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about 84-85 and we were drawn against Linfield in the European Cup. We spoke about this earlier, and we'll give Jim the away game, and we'll give Jason the home leg. So Jim. Give us the away leg. Oh, that was some day. <laughs> now, my experience yeah. in travelling up to Windsor was in a Satanta Cup game, Jay. When yeah, it Santa kicked off. 2013, yep. 2013, and it was my first expedition on the Hoops SC. I'm delighted um, I missed this. This was me and Al, who are South Florida Hoops SC. I give him my ticket, yeah. This was um, one of the most insane experiences I've ever had in a football game. So you walk through and you have the arch of bottled piss yeah as yeah. they call it you're walking through it's barbed wire there's bottles yeah. of piss everywhere you walk in and it was just mayhem from, yeah, from the get go yeah. so I was up at the front that's a bad place golf balls being thrown at us nails everything and then it just descended into chaos so tell me about your experience with Linfield uh, away Jim so you give us the away game 
Yeah, the, yeah, we started to drink at that day. I remember O'Connor Bridge. Daniel O'Connell was called beside McBurney's yeah. and we went oh. up by cars. You see, the club, Robert didn't get any ticks for that match. No, the club was totally sick of to do with it. So we all went up kind of small groups. And was all this that. the case? Was there uh, an incident where a couple of cars went up and they they were incognito? So we'll go yeah. back to the major. Yeah. This, the, go on, so continue <laughs> on, Jim. Yeah. and So we went up by cars. That's what we did. We stayed in Anderson's down But just uh, sidetracking a little bit, we were, we were in the pub before the match and building up our courage. Because <laughs> it's dodgy up there. Then. But, and who was in there were all the Everton fans and they were playing UCD. Just a little reference back to the cup foil. So a lot of Scousers. Scousers, yeah. And we ended up drinking with them. Great crack with them. And a lot of us remember that. And we said to them, you know what? I said, Robbers are a good side. And I says they, that crowd you're playing tonight. I says they were on, they were on the jolly, you know. Says, you won't beat them easy. I says they're a fucking hard team to beat, and uh, they were all laughing, you know. But that's why later on the night when we when we were, when we were in the pub after the Robbers game, we, the score came up nil nil, and we were rolling around that. And, and then they only beat them one nil in the as you know in the second oh, night. Well, yeah, yeah. But that was a fun, just a funny aside. But, but anyway, we're up to Belfast, but the match itself it was. See, I'd been up there early in the year. We played them in a friendly. That was the day we walked in behind the, the Loyalist flute band and all that. I told you that story before. But we kind of knew where we were going. But we, we went in, but we, we went in kind of, no colours and that. We were kind of incognito. Is that the term That's the you? word, yeah. And we went in and we were sitting in the stand. And I always remember the, the tension was unbelievable. Because we, we were kind of there like, like this. But and I, the hatred is just... Little kids and all of this and the papers, this and they see robbers come out and all this. And what happens? See, Dermot Keely had played with Glenn Howard, so he comes over to the main stand and he starts blessing us. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> he did. And, and I'm there, they're all jumping up, and the hatred and the kids are up. I got up myself. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> you, you would have been, you would have been killed, you know. But anyway, that was it. But I'd say we had a weakness at, at centre forward that night. That, yeah, we, we hadn't got the, the Lark and Bourne combination. But remember, nil all draw, which is a good result. But uh, we should be mm. probably game is to sit, I think, late in the game. But they were, they they were man sent off. Hmm? They were man sent off. They were man sent off. They were man sent off. So, as regards to the. We, we, the, we were happy with the nil off, but the away goal was always. We could touch on social commentary as regards to the the way it was socially in in life at the time, the way it was, the troubles and stuff like that. Were you not apprehensive about travelling up to Belfast for such. Like a, a tetchy game. We were shitting ourselves. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Like, that's why we all jumped up. At the, you know, it was a different time. It was. It was. So that's what I'm trying to touch on. Was it the yeah. heart of the trouble? Yeah. Like? The hatred was just. Well, I wasn't there. Was it was just. A, yeah, it was just amazing. You know. So uh, did did you ever think that you were in danger when you were up there? Oh, you did. Yeah. But, but funny, I just want to remember this now. The other way, you walked out of the ground and. We walked back towards Anson's town, and there's a roundabout. And then we heard this voice behind us, oh, an Northern accent. Yeah, come on, you papers, bastards, and that. I said, oh, James, we run or what we do? And then we said, oh, God, we're in trouble here. Next we looked at her, who was it? It was fucking John Connery. <laughs> Northern <laughs> Irish accent. It was one of the Robbers fans. And I always remember that, you know. I just have to remember that now. I put the late John Connery, who was, you know, he, he was... So that was the away game, and like I said, um, it was it's it's probably the most intimidated I've ever been in going to a game, and especially leaving as well because we were walked around the ah, fuck, yeah. we were walked around the whole Belfast, 
and they were they were doing laps for some reason but whatever it was it was it was really really intimidating but Jay we're going to talk to you about the home leg yeah. talk to yeah. us about the home leg yeah. so the home leg was played in, in the backdrop but just after the Bowles were playing Rangers before that recently and an absolute murder that this game, was yeah. when it all kicked three, off yeah Bowles beat Rangers 3-2 like there was thousands of Rangers fans down in the market a lot probably would have been <laughs> in fifth round as well so remember I, I'll take a half day off school it was a 2 o'clock kickoff on the Wednesday afternoon uh, now as Jim so a two o'clock kickoff on a Wednesday afternoon yeah. for a European game. Yeah, that's because that that's, was the, that that's was the bizarre for me that was now. The police directions. Okay. So from the, current current um, procedures, that is bizarre. Well, that was all under the because of what happened with Bowers and Rangers. They didn't want people drinking before the game. They knew. Yeah. That. And we let them travel down. Where it was Rovers fans, Kilcoyne had refused tickets for Rovers fans to go up there in the first leg. We gave them a certain amount. Of he tickets. refused himself. But think he refused. Didn't he? Yeah, he I did. did. He did. Yeah. And then so, to do with it. So I remember getting it like it's like because it was, it was midweek I'd be coming from Ballyferma and I got the eighteen to Ranelagh. I remember walking from Ranelagh. R.I.P. the eighteen, Jay. And I think it was like, <laughs> stop <laughs> walking from Ranelagh. And I just remember, like, and I, a force probably probably the force I ever brought a tricot. I don't know why it wasn't very politicised when I was thirteen, forty. But I brought a tricot. We just knew I had to bring a tricot. You know, <laughs> sense of someone in sense your sense of duty, you know. So and I brought. <laughs> and we walk, I remember just getting off the bus at the eighteen around, as I said, just walking up on every street corner. There was police. There was a guard on every corner, dogs and all. So this is very. This is born into your memory. Yeah, this yeah. And I walked all because you used to do the same walk up, and then we you'd cut through to Gonzaga College, through and come out onto the Milltown Road then. And it was just yeah, yeah. everywhere, every, police everywhere. So he went in the ground, and there was none of them a week in the ground there, there was none of them in the ground initially, but then obviously they were bust in, and they came in, and he went up to the Gonzaga end, the far end, and just the Bills and the Hayden, and they took out the Union Jackson, and it was just, you thought the game in 2013 was bad for yeah. vitriol, this was just, they took the lead through it. David So Jeff, you're talking about the Jeff, height yeah. of the troubles. You've yeah. got yeah, Linfield right. fans being bust in from Belfast, you've got hatred. Yeah, I can only imagine the tinder pot oh, that it was. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was just, but was, I said there's that many police that were on the lead up to the ground, so obviously they were all stationed inside the ground when the game started. They went one up, David Jeffrey, who was in, he scored a header for them. The the actual yeah, legendary Linfield, David Jeffrey, yeah. That's a good goal. And Peter, Peter Eccles equalised for us with Ivan Header. And the man which he tried, we couldn't get the winner. So everyone's fuming, they've knocked us out on the way goals. Yeah. So everyone, again, I was only young now, but it was far more experienced older office lads <laughs> I swear to you I must have took them about two hours to get out of the ground just everybody, just, everybody just stood at a sweat through the ground <laughs> and they were right to get them out of coverage from the back they, they couldn't the paper, wasn't it? they couldn't get remember Gary Pordy Gary Pordy was on the RT <laughs> a, day, a day in the life of Dave Lovers Gary Pordy so you could say it was a case of collusion with, with the current police structures that were there I mean you never know don't I say that I sell a programme Saturday Sorry, the, the Liverpool fans came in. Your alibi doesn't work here, Jim. What? Your alibi won't work here. <laughs> no, well, but you know how much the programme was? That it was 35 pence. And I remember I said in the programmes, it was a copper each side of me, you know. And the Liverpool fans were coming in, and of course, I got the t- I made sure everything was exactly right. <laughs> yeah, they were going yeah. fucking mad. They were. But it was very funny. It was. So Sunday, that was our, uh, that was the Liverpool the, the game. The Linfield, so yeah. We're talking about no Lark and signing now, a significant. November 84, but we've, we've covered Larkin already, haven't we? So yeah. we'll, we'll go the next two games. So Limerick away, 4 1. Who can talk to us about well, this? Well, that one? was because really, that was a 74 game uh, outside Dublin, was the draw the game we spoke about just recently. But that was a real country trip for right? From that 
day on, I just went to every home and away game. That was my first kind of game out of the country. We won 4 1. I think we, we, uh, we played, I think it was the second league game of the season, but we went to 4 and for me, it was just kind of a routine. I talked about the routine going to the home matches just recently, uh, but the away games are the same. After every every home game, obviously, it was just be home. Not like what Gary spoke earlier this year with two home, two ways. It was home away, home away. So after every home game in Milltown, you'd all go over to the shop at Milltown. And Dick Dolan used to run the bus. And he used to run over and he'd just put your name down. Right? And that was so you it. just turn up? No, you'd book for the next oh, week. Oh, you'd book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. said that was the home game on the Sunday. Every game was a Sunday. And would you be blacklisted if you didn't turn up? <laughs> I don't think I It was the same people every week. And yeah. there was only ever one bus. It's not like today you have five or six apart. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. drove down, but again, it was a lot tougher them days. You didn't have the motorway, the M1, all the way to Cork or the N7. So as a as a as a child, then that must have been a brilliant experience oh, being on a bus. I used to love it. every Sunday. You just live for it every Sunday. So that was that was that was that was your. Yeah, we'd you look bus, forward to. We'd all sit down in the back of the bus again. The same gang of people talk about Jim Towner and yeah, James yeah, Cook. Yeah. We'd. Ben Stafford mentioned having the tinfoil sandwich. That's what the way it was. We had the tinfoil sandwiches. And every those, like, we're on a bus now, guy. You're on a bus and you say, it's dirty away, it's a Friday. We leave at two or three. We have yeah. time to stop, Jay. Where we stop? Everything was routine. Every week was 10 o'clock for McBurney's, no matter where you played. McBurney's down, uh, it's down on the bridge there, just to get where the old uh, Virgin Megastar records yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, are. Every year, you'd have your sandwich and you'd stop. No matter where you went, Limerick was a trip or talking Limerick was Board Hill. You'd stop religiously in Board Hill. There'd be two pubs there, Matt the Treasure, and you'd have Coopers across the road. The way back, you'd stop in Port Leash, right? It was yeah. slowly go away, go, it'd be stopping Kindergarten the way down, Kindergarten the way back. See, these are all the... This, so every time we run on buses, right, I'll always say to Jay, I say, Jay, I'm, I, we need advice. Like, if you don't take advice from people who have been through it and done it all, you're a madman. So I'd say to Jay, right, we're going to, we're going to Limerick on a, on a Friday, two o'clock. What should we do? Any pubs? Give us your advice. You have to be able to take in advice from people who've done it and been there. He also offers advice when we don't ask for it as well. Also, right? we yeah. have been on time. <laughs> we have been, yes, yes, I will say that. But we've been on time. I think our only late co- our only late one was Cork last year for the yeah, first the, time the, ever. Okay, the bit of advice you didn't take was, if you're going to Vermoy, don't go to a supermarket. Just the bus about to leave. That's what my advice The prof, the prof in slow motion. <laughs> who, had, who had an hour and a half with the supermarket from what I mentioned? <laughs> Who had on the bingo? No, but that's the way it was back then. Like, like there's different scenarios because people are getting off work on Friday, just Friday afternoon traffic. And but see, them days if we went to Limerick or you went, to, you'd have to go, even take for example going to the west, going to Sligo where Galway, you'd have to go through Minute, Celebrates, Leeds, yeah, yeah. yeah, all these places. Now it's the matter we pass. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, even yeah. going to draw the way we we draw the we we used to stop talking about Julian. You'd stop in Julian Sound the way back. Which is only 40, 40 yeah, minutes away. Yeah. Even going to Dundalk away, we'd stop on RD. Yeah. There were set routes everywhere. It was just, and it was like clockwork around. It was that Limerick match. It was that one before. That wasn't the day that. Remember the Limerick fans attacked us on horseback. Do you remember that? Remember <laughs> 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 that? Was it was the Renaissance. The first game, Rapan, was it? Was the first Rapan, game, Rapan. I don't say Rapan. Rapan was Rapan. Rapan yeah, <laughs> that is it. That is true. <laughs> on horseback they were. Had they swords? Well, <laughs> 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 I don't probably had them. But we didn't know. Oh, no. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff in. Limerick, the stories down there. You could really book on, on Limerick. So, so then we'd slowly go, slowly go 4 0 at home. And balls 2 0 at home, yeah. Two Milltown games there. Well, Sligo was because we'd. Um, it was just before now, right? As again, we talked about the reason I mentioned that was Mick Bourne got two that day, I think, and he got two the week before because you're only coming to the. We we're starting to get in the rhythm then yeah, of games, you know, and it was just. It was def- what was needed after Campbell and Buckley going. 
we needed someone to come in and score goals. We 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 stuttered at the start of that season, kind of. But once Mick Bourne got into his flow, we scored two four goals two weeks in a row. I'm still fascinated uh, with that turnover. And then Larkin came in just afterwards. But it was just then. I think that the reason I picked that game was because it was just so we were just so emphatic, and we'd started to get into our stride. And I don't think we really looked back after that. I don't mean to be many defeats that year, had we? Stato there remembers everything, but no, we did. We didn't. We didn't lose many any season then. But the, no, we 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 had a good. We, we moored the balls, didn't we? That was the well, both you know, the second game of the summer time. Yeah, yeah, we could have. We did. We really we played. And Red Christmas. Well, Jimmy was talking. It was Christmas. Jimmy was talking about some of the songs we sang. You know, we still think the other other song, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Oh, Take it all the way. I want to see Roberts went away. Oh, yeah, but we yeah, played yeah. both star man at the time. Oh, it was a guy called Jackie Jemson. <laughs> he was out injured at that game. We beat him 2 0. We beat him 2 0 at, at <laughs> 20 December. And Jackie was out injured, right? With a certain disease. And the whole Milltown uh, just started singing Shingle Bells. So we are back, and I just fell off the stage. <laughs> I, that image yeah. will be ingrained in my mind. Just you struggling to. I've had three points and I've had to fall off the stage. Yeah, for four seconds, you have to pay for a drink in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm going to talk about Long for 2 1 away. Who is going to lead the charge on this one, lads? Jason Maloney. Yeah, it just sticks out because it was one of those really mad away trips. Um, Longford played in Abbey Carton at the time. We all know he played in that Flank Clare Park, wherever it's called now. In the middle of nowhere, but he played in. There was a different ground. Abbey Carton. We never, I actually never got to play there. Okay, so it was. I think it was the week after we we, we beat balls. We just spoke a minute ago, and we'd all travel down bad bad weather, and we're all thinking the game's going to be off. But it's a big Rovers crowd travelling, so word came through then that Longford had decided to play the game in the local rugby pitch. That's right. <laughs> in Longford Longford uh, Rugby Football Club. So, so we'd have to ask. So he went down there. Now I went in, and the place was just. The pitch was still in bits, but it was it was somehow deemed playable. So long for the, it was the first year in the league, um, in the Premier League anyway, and we went in and we were one 0 down. They they'd scored one 0 because the pitch. I think uh, Jim Mann, ex Pat, scored for them, and it looked like one of them games you're going to lose because you just couldn't get going. But as I spoke about earlier, I'm not sure I spoke off the record, but just the amount of times this team came from behind over the years to win games, you just knew. Uh, Papa won. We equalised anyway, and then we got a free kick um, in the middle of the second half behind the goal. And to give you reference before Gary on here, like Papa won's free kicks were like penalties. Papa won arrowed the ball top corner. Boom, 2 1. And I was just one of those great, great, real a League of Ireland away day. You know, you don't you don't go to Old Trafford and, and expect to play a game in Salford, the Salford <laughs> Rugby Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just happened, it was brilliant. But the reason I bring it was well because we never. They played Nabby Carton, and again, the next time we played them, we're due to play them, I mean, pushing forward a bit, was during the boycott. We, we got Longford in the League Cup, and we travelled down, we ran a bus down to Longford, and we went into the game, we went down there, but because then we realised that because it was a League Cup game, that Rovers, OE, the Kilcoyans, would get 40% of the game. They would get 40% Longford and the FUA 20. So because we were boycotting the grounds of boycotting everything, we didn't go to the game. We went down, ran a trip down, and we stood outside. <laughs> I didn't go into the game. Just because that was the same. So we never played there, but it was it's one of them legal. I'd love to, you know, 
there's groundhoppers, I'm not really a groundhopper, I'd like to chalk off all the league where the grounds have been. And I never got a chance to go to Abbey Carton for those two reasons. Because you stood outside, stood outside to principal. And because they moved it to the That's right. to the rugby club, yeah. So it was yeah, so, so we cork as well, three one at home to retain. We jumped ahead. March eighty five, two 0 defeat to home farm at Milltown. So we'd only two league defeats at Milltown during the four in a row. And Jim, you say UCD wasn't a shock. This must have been a shock. That was a huge shock. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, you're the last one. But that day, I'm not messing. Home farm played brilliant. They really were. Was this in Moby Road or Milltown? Was it Fran Hitchcock played for them scored, was he? I think Fran was. Fran Hitchcock played them, yeah. Milltown, they beat us 2 0, and they fully deserved it. it was, they played really well. I'll always remember, because we were saying, oh my God, this is a terrible, terrible defeat. But of course, Bowes didn't let us down that day. See, they were challenging with us at the top of the league. They were playing at home to Limerick, and the fucking Egypt lost 2 1, you know. <laughs> so it ended up we were all right, weren't we? And I thought we lost the game for the rest of the season. I'm not looking at anything. I think we won every game. We won the double then, but it was a, that was a memorable um, home farmer brilliant, as I say. But balls, it's a bit like last season. Happened a few times with bad results, and the other teams didn't take advantage. Didn't take advantage no, that's why good teams who win the league take advantage of slip ups by their opponents, don't they? Yeah. You know. Uh, Finn Harps. Yes, away. Finn Harps away two one. Tell us about this one. Yeah, this was Good Friday. Was uh, the doghouse still gone then? Uh, was right it before the doghouse? This was Good Friday, <coughs> so you couldn't good. get a drink in, in Southern Ireland, so you wouldn't have got a drink in the doghouse. It was gone, right? So okay, this is uh, Good Friday, yeah. And again, one of these games again, we are one 0 down. And um, but what remember me with this trip? I was it was Good Friday. So I don't know what date now, but I born the fourth of April, so it was either fourteen or fifteen. And it was my first time I ever had a drink. Someone bought me a half pint of cider in a pub in Strabane. Someone, sad, they're sad being really time. diplomatic there. Yeah, someone did. So. <laughs> Things are going called Paul Davis. Still goes against Paul Davis. Never looked back since. But anyway. <laughs> So that was my fourth. And then I remember going to the game and it was, uh, we were 1-0 down again. And again, a bit of McLaughlin magic. Yeah. Neville Steeman was on the bench. Neville, we'd said, had been brilliant the year before, 83, 84. But he was in and out of the team the following season. And he brought him on sub. I think he may have scored. And the Glenn could score the winner. We beat him uh-huh. 2-1. But it's one of those mad, mad trips. You know, you used to forward over the years, good Friday. Now, it's not so much prevalent nowadays because you can get a drink in Ireland now, but you couldn't then. Remember those times you went to Monaghan, we went to Dundalk, and we had to go over the border. Not too far, we went to Keedy. Remember one year at Monaghan, and we went just over the border in Dundalk near Newry one, one year. But this was a, now, again, I was only 40 or 50, I was drinking. The lads would have, Jim would have joined them all. Remember we stopped in Strabane on the way back, and we met John Hume. John Hume was brought up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that trip, we, we brought all the duty free on the way up because see, the pubs are, you know, the south of Ireland was all shut, wasn't there? No pubs out in there. So we, went, so we did the, the north and we got all our duty free stuff and all. And then we did the Strabane and Abbey the Great session in Strabane and then up to the match. But then, of course, we're on the, then, then we're on the way back then. Then we found out we'd no duty free left. <laughs> it was all gone. The bus was empty. We had to get more then on the way back. We, we went back about four in the morning, didn't we? But that was one of those trips that was just, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. But never stayed, man, that day was brilliant. Was Finn Harps always as accommodating as it is now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Always was, yeah, yeah. Always Jason was. said the same time, yeah. yeah. It was. But we'll talk about Cork as well. Cork 3 yeah, 1 home to win and retain the title at Milltown. So. Yeah, that was two days later. We, our hangovers are just so <laughs> <Yeah. and, laughs> I don't know, yeah, 3 1. You've gone with that. That was, that was a great day, 3 1, yeah. 
we beat them well. It was it was a straightforward. And we had them in the cup. We had them three weeks in a row. And three weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. easy. Wasn't it? We, we, we beat them handy and two leg like cup semi finals. Yeah. Was the last three years that happened because we played Sligo three years in a row was the final game Milton. Yeah, yeah. It just happened to leave. We played Cork three weeks in a row as well. Yeah, we beat the four one in Milton. It was formality the semi finals. Then we down to Cork. We were we were one up after twelve seconds. You, remember? Far from yeah. me to contradict you, Jimmy. I think you were thinking eighty five, eighty six. Oh, were we? Yeah. Eighty four, yeah. eighty five. We beat Atlanta two 0 in the semi. Remember. Daily Mounts. Are you 45 on? Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll jump on your head because of two years old. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, yeah. But the two. You'll get me back. You'll get me back. This is a battle of the minds here now. But, Jason, you're going to cover the FAI Cup run that season. Two replays with Bowes, a 3 2 win at Rod in the quarters. And then victories over at Lone and Galway, respectively, to lift the cup for the first time since 78 under John Giles. No larking with the winning goal. So. Obviously, Bowes, the games against Bowes, there's no such thing as. As replays are our extra time, I mean, so in a penalty yeah. shootout, you know. So we beat them. We do. I think two horrible games. I think they were two nil draws, weren't they? And, uh, we, yeah, and then we played them down the third game. I think. Oh, the first game was terrible. Remember the nil all the day. He went put out Dick Dolan was doing a frostbite behind the goal. Freeze! Remember. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, and then the game we beat them. Think didn't Jody save a penalty? Yeah. We, we were in the shed and Jody saved the penalty up the far end. Remember? Yeah. I think it was a two one. The, the third game was two one. I think was it. I don't have the score we, here. We beat them yeah. two years in a row in the cup anyway. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah that was good. And then obviously the semi-final. <laughs> that semi-final 84-85 was the last time the semi-finals were played on neutral venues. Then we played neutral venues since then. Mm. Obviously went to two-legged affairs. Yeah, that was at Lowe. At Lowe, yeah, yeah. We beat them 2-0. And then the final again. Again, it wasn't a great crowd. Got, you know, you think we see a crowd at cup finals then. It was at Daily Mount. It was only about, what, 9,000, 10,000 even. That was there. It's crazy to think back on that now. When we beat them. We beat them one. Emma Cody went down the wing. Cody pulled the ball back and Noel Arkin stabbed her in with the outside of his rifle. 2-1 was it? 1-0. Yeah. Liam O'Brien got a diving header in that one, didn't he? Oh, they were time to the first game. Yeah. They were time to semi-final against Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Against Atlanta, yeah. So yeah. that was the first year. That was the first double. Like, you know, the first double, yeah. Like, I think we done, we done the double in six. The last time we won the league was 63-64 before that far round Milltown. We, we did double that year, didn't we? Obviously, we ah, we did. Yeah, we, we won all but the top the four in yeah. six chiefs. We won the double at 64, yeah. And then but um, in the 70s show with John and Martin, remember, Gary, we did something where we had a bit of a music sort of interview. Oh, that, that was my favourite part of the show. <laughs> so what I did was I was calling out kind of artists that were formed and little notable events because uh, they're kind of music kind of stories, weren't they? So we're going to ask the two lads... Uh, since we're at the halfway point here at the final row, favourite 80s gigs you went to? So, what were young Jason and young Jim going to in Dublin? What gigs and were, were there mullets involved? Well, I told you about my mullet earlier. Yeah, so, that was a, <laughs> my first rig that I remember would have been 85, I think it was 86. So, the 85, 86 Simple Minds are you two at Crow Park. Was that both those gigs? They were in the first. First gigs I would have got. Um, most memorable gig in the age, I suppose. I went to see Aslan and thing when Aslan when he just broke through force in the Olympic ballroom the year that Phil o, the, the week that Phil O'Shane was released, and I went to number one in the charts uh, in Ireland. Like at that stage, possibly like, the height of our fame. You looked like they're going to go big that time, really. Yeah. They were just, they were just about but then they fell America. off, didn't they? Well, the things happened with Chris. You can't yeah. Say, yeah, he did. He fell off, but that was that was probably my, my most memorable gig of that because they were just a up and coming thing and everybody double followed them and yeah. obviously we came in the late years and even though Chris is brilliant and all they're more of a cabaret act 
as as the years progress and they reform. But at that time, it looked like they were the you know the hot and upcoming thing. They were going to follow Mewtwo's footsteps. But that wouldn't even have been eighty seven. That'd be late. Like again, in eighty seven, I was seventeen. So even though it was fifteen and sixteen, the gigs at um, Crow Park, they were like huge events. Simple yeah. Minds and, and U two. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Oh, simple Minds, big deck used to say, "Yeah, it was an appropriate name." He used to say, "I know me. I don't be music at all, but I, I never seen the Mikey Hill or anything like that. But I, and I'm Rory Gallagher gigs would be big too. I used to go to all them. I never missed yeah. them. I don't know many times I seen yeah. the bloke, you know. I remember we played a Rory Gallagher tune at the open the podcast, and Jim was raving about it and he brought back memories I was like oh Carl Rory Gallagher ah, when did that gig I know the way it was with him like, he was so good I wouldn't even have a gag before I just because I'd make sure to get him right up the front and he'd just you'd be spelled there watching I'd him. always he, he, he was just brilliant I'd so. always look out for it there's a, there's a great tribute act called Sinner Boy and, yeah. and I'd always look out for them and I'd, I'd head over sure. with believe it or not it's one of my father's friends who I ended up having a, a friendship with but um, Sinner Boy were always a brilliant tribute act to Rory mm-hmm. Gallagher and I know we're so attracted when are they on a Dublin again? that's yeah. the thing you so wouldn't know saying, I'd love to see I they always really. pass through but it's always low key I know so. we're so attracted I'd love to see them because cause I've seen him so often oh, yeah exactly yeah. Compare, bring you back to your youth Jim it'd be, no, it'd be interesting to compare. I heard that brilliant you know so yeah, before games last season, I've been uh, going to the Abbo. I've been hanging out with Jim Conroy and his pal Johnny, <laughs> and we had the funeral there of Shane McGowan. Johnny Farrell. And uh, I missed his interview actually. I just noticed it's in the paper, and there's a picture of Johnny with his recognisable mohawk, and it just said in the caption, "A punk." <laughs> pictured at the funeral and it's Johnny ah yeah. punk that's yeah. it <laughs> I think he'd be happy with that description to be fair I think it's fair that he's the only um, punk rock and Shamrock Rovers Brighton Hove Albion fan but very very much so yeah <laughs> I think he's one of a kind though right yeah. but the punk scene is making a comeback at Rovers so keep an eye out for it but in the photo he looks a bit tough as expression I, you know, he, he's a bit of a softy he's, like, he's, he's a, a real yeah, gent yeah. isn't he he's a gentleman so we are going to talk about the 85-86 season July 85 Billy Lord passing away can you remember this such a uh, such a big figure in Rovers folklore huge Billy Lord he goes back to the 30s like. but we, we, we were very sad about that because Billy Chase, I'm very lucky that I knew him see we used to go to reserve games and all in, in, for years and on a Saturday and, and, and Billy, be, Billy be, he was old at that stage he'd be sitting there and they'd have the heater on and he'd, he'd there he'd have his drop of whiskey and we'd go in and he'd chat to us would you get the magic ash? oh the, the afterns well, he, gave, he gave up the fags when he was about 92 years of age I think you know what I mean but I remember <laughs> that's, him that's what killed him <laughs> <laughs> ah, but Billy it was just a privilege to have known Billy and like, he'd be there and he'd be regaling him his old stories and all that but like he was 94 he died I think, and we were shocked because we kind of thought he'd, he'd go on forever you know but yeah. it, like Billy was Milltown really he was he was just he was a wonderful man but like it was terrible what happened after so yeah, so in September, this is before the league started, we played Honved from Hungary. Uh, so, Jim, did you travel over to Budapest? I did. I don't know. Yeah, them days, yeah, going behind the iron curtain, as they used to say. But so, travelling to a country like that back then must have been niche. It must have been a major... They, like it, it probably didn't happen that often. No, see, now it's great. Yeah, yeah, Were you a celebrity in the north side of Dublin because of this? Ah, oh God, no, no, <laughs> All them balls fans be chasing me out of the place. No, but no, the, 
You had to, you had to, you had to get your uh, what, visas and all that from London and all. It was some labour stuff, you know. But uh, and yeah, we went up. But we flew over. But some some Robert fans went by car. There was uh, that's what you're very good at doing. Like yeah, they went to build us by car. And uh, Lee and Christie, Dick Dolan, and Harry that used to drive the Robbers bus a lot. But they were not, but they arrived at the Hungarian border, and in them days it was really, you know, you could spend half a day getting through the, and they were way through the checkpoint. Because I think Dan Fulham has gone now. Ah, the minute, so. gone. But control. I didn't even think of that. But it was very funny because they, they said that as they were going through, all, all the guards were doing this to each other, saying, "I'm doing the side." These are fucking nuts. Let them. True, you know, so so they let them through. They drove to Budapest and back. Now that's. that's a I think Jason thing. has experience of that. It's something that I always talk yeah. to Jason about, and he's he's experienced in this neck of the woods. And I always ask him about help with running buses and stuff like that. And he's he, you've gone to Milan on the bus with with oh, Celtic. Celtic yeah. You've so travelled on forty eight hours on the bus as well. So forty two hours. Just so forty two hours. So that would be similar to what you experienced. They, they, they drove, yeah, but we we we, we, we were. We, and we were sissies, we were playing and all that, you know. So we arrived there, yeah, it was grand. It was, Budapest was brilliant, we had a great trip. It was, it was, yep. But everywhere you went, you had to give your passports and all that. But it was, it was a different world there, wasn't it? Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. people go to Budapest now, it's just... Yeah, we're talking about going to Budapest now. We had an outside celebrity in Budapest this year, Mark Turner. But over there, Robert, in the first half, we, we were... Um, the Hammonds in the first half. Joe Jody's probably brilliant. Jody saved yeah, him. Yeah, and, and there were only one up at half time. But Jody had the game of his life that night. He, he was he was like McIntyre, the Fitzharris match I mentioned there. He was unbelievable. And then in the second half, um, in the second half, Fran Hitchcock. We played brilliant in the second half. Doolan played him through, and Hitchcock went around the goalkeeper. And uh, didn't he, finish it. He stood on the bar. He fell over. And oh god! And then we should should have been one one. And then. Near the end, then they got the biggest deflection I've ever seen. Ah, poor old Jody, <laughs> he went. Nothing he could do. He went. So two, nothing, nothing he could do. Two nil. But they, they were brilliant. But in them days, the players and the fans and the way European trips, we'd all be together and all that, you know. And of course, we went back with the team on the bus back into Budapest. And, and of course, you now who's sitting beside me on the bus? Louis. Fran Hitchcock. I didn't know what to say to the chap, you know. I just said. Ah, we're played, Fran. Hard luck, you yeah, know. I can fall over the ball, you know. Boy, luck to be sitting with him, wasn't it, on the bus going back? But then we got into the, we got in, and then we were having a few drinks, and we, see, we, we were there for a week. We we got loads of games, and obviously we, and we bought the bottles of champagne, and the players were nearly, they thought it was very moving and all that. Yeah, it's, it's but, a different time, wasn't it? You know, we bought the bottles of champagne. Pat, uh, who was there? Pat Bourne, were all there, Lark O'Keeley, and all, and then. Then they see out. It was only about sixty cent a fucking bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a piss take, you know. And then they ended up buying us the stuff. So we ended up. It was one of the legendary. It was a great Rovers night. And yeah, we were very proud of the team. It was brilliant. So we've got next up. We've got uh, October eighty-five. Bowls three 0 at home. Yeah. Talk to us about that. So this is this because we spoke in the seventy show about Bowls being a non-entity. And Bowes not being an actual thing or a rivalry, yeah, they had only yeah. been coming up. So at this Bo- stage, 1985, Bowes had been, it's a rivalry now. Yeah, but they, they'd been close with a couple of years. I don't think they ended up being our main rivals this year, because I think Galway were our main rivals. We'll speak about that later. Yeah, but we'd, we'd lost the first game of the season that year. We were beaten by Limerick. 
and we played Bowes and we made we talked about McLaughlin signings we made a great signing that year from Bowes Paul Doolan Paul Doolan was brilliant for us he scored in this game it was actually three ex-Bowes players scored for us it was Mick Bourne um, Paul Doolan the names guy I remember looking I think it could have been Jekko when he was three ex no. it was Liam O'Brien it was Liam O'Brien yeah, we beat the 3-0 <laughs> and that was again we lost the fourth game so you know the like, start of the season we lost this team's not going to win again they won the last two to the extent we came in I think we, we went in a the run then I don't think we were beaten from then on until I think it was February the next year. So a big Bowes win, and you hadn't been beaten in a long time after that. Yeah. We weren't playing that well before that, I remember, and that was well, Limerick beat. Remember Limerick beat was yeah, a huge shock. Three, three, three one, was it? Three one, yeah. yeah. And, and we, but that remember, remember Liam O'Brien's goal from way out, twenty-five yards or something, and he, he, and Darren O'Neill, a good friend of mine, <laughs> played a goal for Bowes. Remember the one that went out that way. And it turned in into the top corner. I always remember a derby was starting to check looking at the team. Well, was that's one of the best goals. Liam O'Brien scored so many goals at 30, 30, 35 yards. That was his thing. Was, yeah. ah, but this one was, I think this was probably his best one. It was absolutely amazing. You know? But we ended up Galway 2 2 at home, our nearest challengers. They ended up finishing runners up. Yeah. And our, this is the highest ever position. The highest ever Never position again since. They were very good. Yeah, they were good. They were they, they, yeah, they won the f- won a few teams that we didn't beat at home, as you said. There. Were the Galway trips as good as they are? Aye. Yeah. Well, the Galway trip was famous. I don't know how, how far down the list is. The Galway away trip was just that was legendary that year because they were so close, wasn't it? And everyone thought we were about they were going to knock us off. Yeah. Off a pedestal. We were three up after about 20 minutes. We bought about five or six, which is huge numbers down there. We bought about five or six hundred. I remember that yeah. day. I spoke out early. How We swing one bus every, every yeah. we brought, he scored his left foot edge of the box. Yeah. But we bought multiple buses. Yeah. At that time, Terryland was, you go to Terryland now, where the goals are. Yeah. It was the other way around. So the way Daily Mount is going to be now. Yeah. The goals are going to totally the goal, reverse. The goal was around there, yeah. I have the military way back by the yeah. train yeah. turn the pitch around, yeah. And we went down there and they thought, and the crowds came everywhere. There was thousands of Galway fans. We'd only narrowly beaten them in the cup final the day before. It's a bit of fucking needle. Oh, yeah, but they thought, this is Rovers getting knocked off perch. Boom, boom, boom. We're through after about 25 minutes. Good luck. Good night and God bless them. Just so, yeah. so done. <laughs> so we corked 3 0 with a Mick Bourne hat trick. So how did, how did Mick celebrate with the beautiful hair, the sex symbol image? Tell the, us about The famous mullet. The famous mullet. Mick enjoyed scoring goals yeah. like, he really did you know, he's, and it's, again we talked about being a hatcher we talk, he's more of a flair player and he, he, he could make a 6 yard finish turn into a 25 yard block yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a hatcher with flair yeah. Yeah. a hatcher with flair <laughs> well, that was, I'm going to tell you that to him love that we talked about the, uh, the trips there I and, know the, fair and the buses well, and where we'd stop yeah. and you know the tradition yeah. and the routes everywhere. but Cork was all Cork only came in the league again back in the, the, the latest reincarnation of Cork City had come in but he went in the train for that one I love that the break. latest reincarnation, <laughs> which we will have plenty of debate was, was about. Was that the Trevor Broken no, game? Before. I thought well, that's it was the Trevor Broken game. But that was the year after. But that's true. So there's great entries because the players in there, so we, we, yeah. the players would have their, their reserve carriage at the front of the train or whatever. We'd be all in certain carriages down there. There was no reserve seats around there. You'd book it. And obviously, if the players have a few drinks in the way, they all the players have a drink after the match. So after inevitable, a few drinks in the players, you know, you'd wander in. And then they all come into us then, you know, and it was just yeah. great crack, great sing song. They were great days, you know, and train trips. So do you remember Jim McLaughlin used to bring the cans down in his car? He used to come down from the north 
for the players. And they used to go in after First and last. This is true. The band management again. They, they used to go in for the, 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 the management. Of and and the, the players used to go in and have a few cans after. And cans of harp. And, and, and then they'd come into the bar and they'd be all us, isn't that right? It was, it was just brilliant the way he built all that up, you know. So Shells, 1-0. Yeah, yeah. By the way, go Mick Byrne, Hattrick and Cork. Mick Bourne, Hatrick and Cork. Last time we had a player score Hatrick and Cork. Still. Yeah, so still it hasn't been beaten. Do you remember this vividly? Anybody? Have we got any vivid memories of a Mick Bourne, Hatrick and Cork? I don't really remember it, no. As, as, no, I'm not. No, we used to beat Cork. Cork went great. We used to beat the three nil there nearly every time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I can't read really the last away Hatrick until Twig and Galway in 2009. You might be right I think because we it might have had one since then. There's now. not many. But yeah. Okay. Shells one nil at home at Milltown Gear. So Shells one nil at home at Milltown. This, I think Jason picked out this one. That was actually, December, was it? So that was December, and then New Year's we had Shells one all yeah, away. Yeah. The, the, the reason why yeah. I, I picked it up because they started. They started that and worked in their favour the year after as well. They started that thing again. We spoke about Gary talked about earlier about trying different things in the league this year, two homes and two away, two homes. So they picked that, they'd have a derby game on the the last game of the new year and the first game of the new year. So that was Shelburne that year, that was the first that happened. We, I think we, we beat them one in the home and drew one all away. Yep. Yeah, I think Mick Neville scored in the home game. It was a very cold day that. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> it was a great goal, it was a terrible match, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Mick Neville scored goals. They were ever great. Yeah, he always got good ones. Yeah. It was a brilliant free kick. Yeah. So Shells won one away, and what are your memories of this one? We were happy with the point. We were happy with the draw. It was because you know it's very hard to play two teams in, in any circumstance, yeah. any level. You play a team two two weeks in a row. It's very hard to win two games. Yeah. But sometimes you play a team nowadays in the league, and you play in the cup. It's very, very rare. No matter what the level, the way you're in the league yeah. position, you know how, how you know how rarely it happens. That one team won the two games, you know. And tell me, was has Talca changed much since then? That was on Harris Cross, was it? I that was on Harris Cross. That was Harris Cross. Yeah, that's somewhere yes. that I'd love to have yeah, seen now, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. But Galway 3 1 away. This is the one we just mentioned. And then we've Dundalk 1 0 away as well. No, 1 0 defeat. 1 0 defeat. Could have, we could have won the title this day in Dundalk if we had got Could have been wrapped up. This was. But Dundalk scored with five minutes to go, Tom so we had to wait until the following no, week. This metal. Jason's face says it all. This day was oh, just more. John John Conroy and and, and Sean McNulty. Today, John Conroy, Sean McNulty, they ran the bus that day. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll say one of them was shown on the paper the next day in an uncompromising oh, position. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but was them days? Nulty got the goal, wasn't it? So a lot of these games are talking, but there's no. You have to remember back in them these games, '83, '84, in the eight, there was no segregation. And in oh. his grounds, there was no segregation. So let's let's we let's, went to Dundalk. Let's paint the picture, like I always say. Where are you in Oriel Park? We're in the shed. We're in the shed in Oriel Park. You were in the shed. Half the shed is Rovers. Half the shed is Dundalk. So the current place that we get dumped in. Where did we? That's the way. And that was all Dundalk fans. And the Spain so you're in the shed, half and half, half and half. That's the way. And it is was. there is there segregation? No, it was just half. So you just let let at it. And I was, in the, I was in, fascinated I was, with that. I was in the main stand and there was no, no segregation. Now there's none at the minute in the main stand, but the, 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 the shed, shed is nuts. I didn't go away with them dark fans. Joe Savage, remember Joe? 
and it, it was getting near the end of the game, and he, 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 he you almost wore this big long coat. He took out two bottles of champagne. Lads, let's celebrate. Just for a drink. Winning our league, yeah. He wasn't and swinging he, them and, around. And, and yeah. no, no, we popped one but, and uh, all. But the, but the ground the next thing about a minute later, Dundalk fucking scored. Oh, yeah. It, was, it, was it kicked off before anyway, the ground. Remember the shit? It kicked off in the first half, because yeah. it was half and half. Imagine now, imagine we're always going to the I genuinely can't imagine that. That's the way it was. Same day, you know, same And no segregation, no stewards. No segregation anywhere in those days. Anywhere. We used to drink the bar before. There's a bar in there, isn't there? Just at the, the back of it, yeah. yeah just... So, prop, you got the FAI Cup? Yeah, FAI Cup. So, we had. Oh, we didn't talk about Cork. To be Cork 4 0 at Milltown, last game of the season to seal the three in a row. The whipping boys. Any memories of that night? When Mick Bourne scored, I remember Mick ah, Bourne yeah. scored a goal, man. It's fine with Dick Dahl, I remember the goal. Dick is doing that. It's a great some, some goal. Mick, Mick got a goal, he gets he takes it on the tour. Takes on the tour in the half volley. It's on goal. somewhere. He, he look. He's, he's at the edge, the edge the, of this corner of the box. Yeah, and the he fo- takes it on his chest. The fork goal. He kind of took it down with his foot. He, 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 he turned around and he, and he worked it to the far the best corner. Goals telegraphed it. I was just doing a corner. It was, was just, just incredible a, goal. And I remember the camera. Yeah. Dick Dahl was on. I went. We were yeah. all behind the goal in the. You never seen this goal, have you? Four nothing. Yeah. That clinch. That was on the clinch. That was a good day, wasn't it? Yeah. So the FAI Cup campaign. We won two one away to Bowls in the quarter final. And we end up beating Waterford 2 0 in the final. And the two goal scorers on this day, we've interviewed both of them on the podcast before, Garrett. We have Kevin Brady, who was shocked to score that day because he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he hasn't scored many goals in his career at all. And then we had Noel Sinnott with a known goal yeah. against his old club, which Waterford never let him forget. <laughs> so, two unusual goal scorers in this one for the cup win. So, we'll go to, we'll go to Jason. Yeah, Kevin, it looked like it was a cross, didn't it? Kevin Brady's goal that day. It was the only goal he ever scored for Rovers yeah. in a competitive look, game. If you, if you yeah. look, he, he couldn't have hit it, probably would hit his heel instead of his, yeah, his instep. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a pretty <laughs> over, over. Uh, kind of went over the line. And it was, he, you, you, you said he said he was shocked. You actually see, if you watch the, yeah. probably on YouTube, if you see the, it's a terrible the celebration, he's like that. Yeah. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he just goes like, you can see yeah. the one YouTube afterwards, you'll see, he actually goes like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he realises it's gone in there, you know. It's, yeah. And then the, the OG, yeah. um, obviously Noel was a, you remember an old player for Rovers. Was a role, great, role. great servant, yeah. former captain. Yeah. But no, yeah. Sinnott's one of my favourite players I've ever seen wearing the hoop jersey. Yeah. Really? Yeah. An old player for Ireland. He, he was born, born in Guildford. Born in, he played yeah, for Ireland. Yeah, he got three caps, yeah. yeah Giles, Giles thought he was English because he had a... He had he's English, from yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. He had the accent. That's right. Yeah. And Giles goes, where, where yeah, are you yeah. from now? <laughs> and he goes, it's, it's random, isn't it? He goes, I'm Irish. From? I was born in Rotunda. Giles very nice. Today, the cup final in 2019, the pubs are packed in rings end, remember? And this chap gave a seat up to Tim Murray, and who was it? Noel Sinner, a gentleman. And I remember, he sat, and remember that, and we had a great crack with him. It was, it was, lovely, it was lovely to be to be with him that day, and we, we had a great old chat, you know. And Noel, he's been like Peter Eccles. He was that type of Rovers player. He, he'd always walk his chest out. Yeah, now Peter, Peter is a bit of a cult hero within some of the... The more the more experienced hoops, yeah. you could yeah. say. So, so yeah, that, that was the fun with the, the semis. Then that was, that was the we played Cork three years in a row, and the, the following year we yeah. ended up playing yeah. Sligo three three sorry three weeks in a row. But that's uh, the game that we come to Bruce Cross. We thought about yeah, Trevor Brook yeah. play for Cork City. We beat we beat them down there. Three Jason, he's there. a one club man. One club man. Apparently that's one all. club. <laughs> Does get many of his head. Don't get me started on that. That game, you know, he, 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 he didn't move out of centre circle. But he, he played centre mid. He never moved out of centre circle for the whole game. They paid big money to bring him over. Didn't a, just, didn't a one-eyed goalkeeper play for Pats? 
Didn't and did he make an unbelievable save as well? Wasn't he? But wasn't that the the era of the appearance bonus type? We could be all day talking about that, but. You're going back to the 70s now again. Ah, you know, oh, Jim, that's come on now. Yeah, that's that was the, 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 Pat's Beatles won in Richmond in 77. It was a, an right, old, so... An old, but Gordon Banks, Gordon Banks. Jim, um, what are we on? We are on an FAI Cup win. 2-1 away the Bows in the quarterfinal. And we beat Waterford 2-0 in the final. So Brady Sinnott, we talked about that one, didn't we? And we had 86 and 87. So Jim McLaughlin leads for Derry. I don't really remember that. Part. Dermot Keeley takes over as manager. So, as, as like <laughs> this is is this akin to the likes of Stephen Bradley leaving the club? You've got Jim McLaughlin, who's leaving for Derry, and you've got Dermot Keeley coming in now. As we said before, we've got Stephen Brad- Bradley is the only person to have ever led the club to four titles in a row consecutively. Yeah. But Dermot led us to the fourth. Jim McLaughlin leaving. How did that feel? As a fan, how did you feel with your saviour pretty much yeah, leaving? Well, we were all shocked, but you know, it was definitely an initial shock. Keely was definitely the right man for the job as a transport, but the players themselves will tell you that. You, you, you've talked to a few of them over the years, Gary, you've talked to Pat Bowen, Mick Bourne, etc. The lads managed that dressing room themselves. It was seamless. You could have got been Peter Pan to take that team over. Yep, I think I agree. Do you know what I mean? It was just, they were all there played. Now, you had to make a couple of things because John, John Cody would have left. Halfway through the season, and the, well, I think they do. Who else? We brought in a couple of players. So, in fairness, he went up to the stand of the players from before. They, they did the job was Keith Dignam and Brendan Morphy. Yeah, and but I think they would have been very good for us, Jason. You know, given time. Yeah, but we, we know haven't seen them. We haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he went. He went the looks of a of a deal and yeah. up that came in or Brian Paul. You know, it wasn't that shocked when he went because he nearly went before that. But in saying that, this is this is your saviour. Yeah, he nearly went. You see, and. We had a little warning, didn't we? And remember that? And then he did go. Well, he was always going to go to Derry, you know. So you must remember Derry were huge and they came into the league. Remember well, Derry at 12 to, every home So this was the. This was Derry. Derry first entered the league and they won the treble. Am I right? No, they won 89 no. after 89. all the office players. No, they came in 84 85. They had to start off in the fourth division, obviously. Yeah, and I don't think they, they. We played them in Milltown. Remember, they came to Milltown, we beat them 5 1 in the friendly. Ah, yeah. yeah. And then, then we went up to play them. But then they won the fourth division in the second time of Arsenal. They saw your man, they got players on the gamma. And yeah. Do you, oh, the do you know, I was only looking at on the gamma's record recently, and everywhere that man went, he scored goals. He's yeah, a good player. Yeah. So he was a good player. Um, we'll talk about. Oh, by the way, just, just on that dairy match, we were the friendly, the one off. Yeah. And, and we brought the, the league and the cup up in the bus, remember that? And we got off the bus, and we were getting off the bus. And last spring, then we brought the league and the cup off the bus. All the dairy fans were yeah. Do you remember and that? We, we stopped at the post office coming to town before. I remember they, they were going around the shield. Yeah. I don't think it was Very like the most. I don't think it was like the most recent trip today. It, it, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. Yeah. But we will welcome. move on. So Jim McLaughlin has gone, and Dermot Keeley takes over. So the league, we're going to talk about the cup with Waterford three three comeback, and then the replay. So probably the only mention of the league cup in this entire yeah. podcast. But the reason I mentioned, yeah, sorry, it was a league cup yeah. game. Was it? I think it was two, remember the other game? You mentioned that three, player, three yeah. one. It was um, way yeah. to Waterford. Famous game. It was a league cup game, right? So they, oh, the coaches took the, the league cup seriously. We really didn't, but we still put a, a big team out. So this is uh, the RSC. No, it's the Kilcoyne Park. So Kilcoyne Park. So this is this is what I love. I love the different aspects. It was a Greyhound Stadium, but again there was no. Had it got a track around it? 
track around was no yeah. segregation but very there's only about 25 tourists down there day wasn't there if even that with a small enough crowd because it was Torsi yeah, afternoon yeah, but Torsi yeah. afternoons and water the league cup we were never yeah remember they were in the culty towns in the early in them days Torsi afternoon was the half day remember yeah the whole town would be off remember yeah half one it all finished oh, so yeah. the ground was an afternoon kick Torsi the place was packed and only about two because it was work day or school day for me in, in, in Dublin then so we, we had to get off school at work so we went down about Torsi was and we're in the middle of them again. No segregation. We are three one down. They had a good side there. Mick Bennett, I think, played with Mick Bennett. Well, a man down too. Yeah, we're down to ten men. Three one down. We're down to ten men. And then there was a Mick Bourne scored. And was kind of came back to three all. I was Peter equalised. Peter was and then Mick Bourne scored. Mick Bourne scored. And it was just one of them games where we're talking about the whole comeback aspect. Even though it was only a League Cup game, it was just. Yes, it was there. there. It was there, and I remember we were jumping around. Me and Robbie, Mor- Robbie Morris played lots of games. They were just jumping around, and they're all in the middle of that. You wouldn't get an out there, so they were just fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in the middle of all them, just in that face. Yeah, because the thousands of them only twenty four. I remember Jody made a fantastic save at the end. They nearly robbed it. They didn't deserve to win at Waterford, but remember Jody made a brilliant save right at the end. But I also see see that year Waterford were our main challenge for the league. Yeah. So that, it wasn't just a league cup semi final. There was a little bit of need. There was a team. It was like Galway the previous year and both year before. Yeah, there was yeah. always these. Yeah. We, we beat them well in Milltown in the replay, like you know. So we're talking about the Celtic games now. Mm-hmm. So one that got away. the one that got away. Is this the Mortar McLeod game? Oh, I was always fascinated with that name. I, it's one of my big events of football. Obviously, I was a big Celtic fan. I, I, I didn't go to the away game. Jimmy will talk about the away game soon. But the home game was just. Unbelievable! We just um, there's eighteen thousand there. We put on the temporary stand. We heard it. Yeah, we heard the story. It was like it was rocking during the game. I don't know how. <laughs> I remember people, uh, players saying it was swaying. Yeah, how it looked unsafe. Any, it wouldn't pass any, any yeah. nowadays health and safety kind of certificates. But as my, even though I'm a big Celtic fan, it was my first time actually seeing Celtic live. So I started going to see Celtic a lot after that. But it was. It was Do you reckon that triggered your love for it? Well, I did because I did all the static fans. Because there's no like we talked about no segregation. Had you got an affiliation before that? Yeah, because I, I, I know about. I used and to you, hear about because then a lot, it just a lot, a lot of Robert fans were going to Celtic. You know, and I remember yeah. going to there was a way games. You talked about the buses going in the, in the eighties. <coughs> People would have been at Celtic team, and we talked about it on the bus and that, that feature, yeah. feature like you know interest in Celtic. But this game was just we were just so good. We were so good against them, you know, and we were robbed at the end. But the chances that Mick Bourne and Liam O'Brien missing that game. Well, this is something criminal. that I've never absolutely spoken criminal. to Mick about, and mm. I'd love to talk to him about because it's only it's only been opened up to me now. Mm. I'd love to talk to Mick about this and how he feels about it. Because Mick is a very honest fella. Was it a good save by Packy Bonner? There was one or two good saves, but Mick Mick born a couple of chances. Yeah, and Liam O'Brien went through, put the ball over the bar, yeah. six yards. We should we should have been three up before they scored, and that's not even an example. We should have won that. And by the way, that wasn't like Celtic have had up and down sides over the years. This Celtic team was Brian McClare, Paul McStay, Roy Aiken, Danny McGrain, Mo Johnson, Packy Bonner. They were a good team. This was a good Celtic team, like you know. Was, they done us. I mean, they done us on it. Corn. Corn and Keeney, Keeney shouldn't have played. Keeney, See, had, Keeney had, his, had his leg strapped up, and oh, Keeney Keeney was injured. Back. And, and they cleared the corner. Yeah. See, Rose are going. I, I'm looking at the, the anguish in their faces I, 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 here. See, see, I was standing there, the corner was taken there, and I was. I left. I had a really good view. And yeah. they, as soon as Celtic cleared it, Keely was fucked. Mordor McLeod was the fastest man in the world. Mordor went through and buried it. Mordor McLeod, it's a name I always think of. I last remember that Keely was injured. 
He just couldn't. He, he shouldn't have played. He shouldn't have played. No. We have you know that. Sure, he was a. Yeah, no, yeah. It's one of our big regrets, wasn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah. The chance, that, before, but the chances that Mick Mick and him are Brian missed. We should have beaten Celtic by two anyway. Yeah, yeah, easily. The return leg at Parkhead. I've heard John Byrne describe this as a bit of a jolly up. Um, <laughs> we had a few injuries, so <laughs> we, 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 we wore the quids with yellow pack jersey. Didn't expect. Yeah, I went to Overland for that. How were that trip? Were you over? I missed that. Those, oh, yeah. I missed that. Oh, Jesus, is my turn now. Jim, you're pointing at your missus here. What, no, just on on the trip to Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't go be playing. Fill your glass in a minute, Marie. She's looking. She's looking for a refill. That's all it was. And listen, at that trip. I didn't go on the plane because them days I used to always go by boat because I used to go to like Remember the plane trip was? I don't know. The plane trip was actually back now. It was 125 quid pound as it was, and it was a day return and loads of Yeah, so back then you're talking big money. Yeah, it was still, it was decent. It was in and out 125 quid, but that was what, 87, 86, so. Okay. What's that? Yeah, yeah I went over land. I just well, I went over in the boat, and then we, we met all the, 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 the London hoops. We met them on the train. You can imagine what the session was like. We were yeah. drinking in the taxis. We were, what a, it was just a jolly up. Well, but remember, but then before. So did you did you feel like you get anything out of the result? Nah. No, even that one nil. Four injuries then after we four injuries gone. We had a few injuries. And we probably missed a couple of chances over there as well, didn't we? Yeah, we missed. So even though you played so well in the first game, Ah, you you felt it was a formality. Was Pat was Pat out for second night? Let's be honest, but we did feel that because we did have four injuries. Pat was out as well, was it? Second night. I I think Pat played that night, but we were missing players. Remember, we 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 missed it in the first leg. So you thought it was done. But that night, after all that travelling over land and all, all the lads full of the covers, the covers over there, you know, the, the clothes were the But we're going in, you know, the big queue going in, and I remember Mickey Ennison or something that's a door for the piss against the wall. Because they were full of gaggle. They were all arrested. Yeah. And, and, and they're putting the they're putting the cells under the stand and all that. And luckily enough, I held on better than I am here. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and I always remember that some of the lads didn't see it again. They were, they were, they were stuck under the bloody stand. Oh, we were funny jerseys that night too. The yellow, that's the yellow pack. Quids no, with yellow pack. They, they were like the bloody, quids were jerseys with yellow. Uh, and that's what we called the yellow pack. Yeah, blue shorts. <laughs> they were like they were common jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I know it was a quicker of a jersey. It was a great. Jersey. It was a great great night. You remember Bobby Best talking about the yellow jersey we wore for. The one that never existed. That's a senior cup game or something. Yeah. yeah. So those were the Celtic games and uh, we're going to talk about the Olympic qualifiers. So yeah, I know why James picked out this game because a lot of Rovers players were involved. <coughs> this might as well have been Shamrock Rovers versus Hungary, Spain or France. It may as well have been. There was a game against Hungary with six, Rovers, great games. six Rovers players. Yeah, yeah. Playing um, a Milltown. One was playing Milltown. And this involved John Cody, our guest in the yeah, <laughs> theatre. Yeah, yeah. Did Cody score, plug, did he? Plug, plug, plug. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but but yeah. they were they were over to watch Chelsea were over to watch Kevin Brady ah, yeah, but yeah, Brady yeah. was injured and Cody, and Cody played Cody I didn't know this and Cody yeah. shone yeah. so Chelsea signed Cody because of the performance in this match at Milltown I remember brilliant that night yeah. we were beating 2-1 Peter Reckles made a terrible mistake for their winner and it was one of those games Peter had one of his best games I've ever seen him playing but we did. We lost two. Who did we? We beat Spain. We beat someone at Target. We beat Spain at Target. Two, two. two and that was France, France Hungary, and Spain. There were three we, we, huge nations. Like there was eight Rovers players in the eight team. Large, and that was eight Rovers. Eight Two, two. Eight two, Rovers. A, a two all. A two all. Yeah, that's a set. It might as well be Shamrock Rovers against these teams. That's yeah. the way it was. Yeah, that was a great. Jolie was the goalkeeper. <laughs> Mick Neville. Yeah. John Cody. Brady, as you mentioned. Pat Bourne. It was, it was Rovers. We beat France and Dave, but uh, it was great. That wasn't it. They were far better than the full internationals at the time. You know. 
Me and so Brager. We have Bray 3 1 away. Yeah. So tell us about this one. Just the reason, just one that stuck out, you know, as I said. Was this in the Carlisle Grounds? Carlisle Grounds. They, they come up that year and we played them in the League Cup. They, I think they beat us home and away in the League Cup. Them days, the League Cup was like the, the LSC, the Lancaster Senior Cup, we played this year. It's a group stage basis. But it was six games, three at home, three away. And Bray beat us. I think they beat us home and away. They beat us 1 0 home and away. I gave, I gave Jason my fun fact earlier. Bray won on their first visit to Milltown and their first visit to Talla. Yeah, so it was one of these games again, every time we talk about these games, we're always on the different side of the ground. No we're in Bray now. Yeah. We're on the main stand down. In the ones. main stand in Bray. Yeah. So directly there across no where we there's are. No now. Season, it was just an open shed. So we draw it and draw it as well and all these grounds. We're, we're always on the far side that we are now because they, they, the home, we, we used to outnumber the home fans. We do a lot of times now as well, but we used to as one of them games, it was a real football day, it was a sunny afternoon, it was Bitterly cold. It was a forced league game out the seaside of Brinsborough, and uh, we're winning two 0 and they score and two one. And it's about fifty minutes ago, we break down. The ball comes in, Larkin scores head of winner. Mm-hmm. And it was one of that moments. You talk about moment of the It was just a football. You know, when you was, it one a of, was it one of those things where you felt we're going to do it? We're, we're gonna not even out the league, not to but just that that result cold. that yeah. match. Because it's so difficult to get tuned up and you're, you're, you're comfy, right? It happens in any walk or any level of football. They scored 2 1, and you're a bit nervous, and it's something they're pressing down, <laughs> and you break forward, and you score 3 1. Yeah. It's one of those, really, it was brilliant. I know exactly where you're getting at. Here's the question, right? We're going to ask Cody and Green of this when they started talking about the four in a row. When did the fans start thinking about the four in a row? Yeah. I don't think there was any. I think it was just. See, it wasn't was a thing then. It was a thing to win. It was out there. You never, you never thought you were going to win the league. You went and got to win the league. That's what. Like, again, I mentioned earlier we talked about McLaughlin leaving that. Point. See, the team got better every season. Yeah, I the, the, it was easier. It was Except for that little blip when we lost the two, we referred to earlier. Remember that? We went. Little blip. Yeah. I think the team in 87 was a better team yeah, than we, in 84. We were far superior. We won the league far easier in the last the four in a row than we did. We so won. the very so the the four that capped it was an easier it run. Is, in. And we, yeah. we won the league. Real Milltown going. I know we spoke with McLaughlin. Real Milltown going. No, we we have a good chance of winning the four in a row next year. We would have got at least two more. Look what happened with all them players. Yeah. That left. They went. Some of them went down. We had a horrible season of Talca during the boycott. Then you had Larkin, Cody, Neville, Doolan, all went to Derry and they won the treble. And they won the treble. Two years later. That's two years later. Yeah. We won of these. We I mean, mean common sense, sense makes. Oh, by the way, yeah, yeah. Rabbit, they, they won the treble. We won three trebles in our history. That put that on. That was the. That was a double oh, C cup. Was it was a double C cup. The, the, the shield. The shield. The shield. We won three of them. We used to get into Europe as well. So we had the Dundalk five 0 at home. Dundalk five 0 at home. The reason we mentioned. Yeah. The reason Jody made two of the most incredible saves that we've ever seen. In a five 0 home win. Five nil home win. I'm going to say the most stupid thing I've ever came up, I think, in the podcast. That was a very even game. Five (laughs) nil, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Peter scored two. We've had a couple of them. That was, wasn't it? Just save Shoddy Mouse in a 5 0 home win. We were behind the goal for the then second half. We were in the Gonzaga end. Shoddy made, made two saves down the far end. And they were like point blank headers from six yards. Yeah. I don't know how we stopped the two. I'm just right. I don't there's anything. There was no cameras there that it's day. Good and dark. Five, yeah. And Peter scored two. Eccleton scored yeah. two for us. Someone else scored two that day. But we got about six or seven corners after that. We're all just egging Peter to get a hat trick. Remember her little lamb on his face that day? Alice and Gold with Dundalk. I'm, uh, I'm jumping ahead a bit here. Dundalk finished runners up this season, didn't they? In the league. So we beat them 5 0. 
Everyone I've talking to, going into the cup final with them, we were very nervous. We were nervous about winning the cup. and Doc, like, were well, we, not favourites. Well, the whole Milltown thing, because we won the league. Sorry for saying, because we won the league, we probably took our foot off the pedal. Like, and we struggled against Sligo in the two cup semis. Obviously, the whole Milltown thing the last day of the season probably, you know, had a had a bearing on that. But we went and gone into great form, you know. You know, you look at the way team you see teams nowadays, Man City when we win the league or someone in the league, four four games in advance, you get foot us off the pedal, like, you know. But so that's probably why the dark look at all those cup finals over those last three years, some dark water for the Galway, they're always the teams that were challenges. Yeah. We happen to meet in the cup finals every year. But we beat we blew the dark away that day. We called yeah. the Brendan Moore, we called the Brendan Murphy Cup for in the middle. Oh, well, Brendan Murphy was brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. Oh, gee, no, we gave him a terrible time. Always fans seem surprised by how one sided that final yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at that time, we used to we used to always beat the dark when it mattered. There's no doubt about that. But that day rose were brilliant, you know. But that point, we're too far now. Take so, uh, you know, I'm a sad for keeping all the newspapers. Stuff, but all the newspapers, they nearly all went for the dark. To, to win that's that game, the yeah. yeah. favourites. The dark were the favourites. They were favourites. Yeah. We, um, it was a great. It was our best. Like, how were the dark favourites in our four in a row winning season? Yeah, it's just the way. So the, 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 the upset after the Milltown team probably came into it, did it? And yeah. I don't know, but the beat us in the league cup final. But sure, that was weakened teams. You know, Rob was never too. And the guys thinking about the. the yeah. I'm not going to touch too much of the, the semi final <laughs> against um, Sligo, the second leg. Which turned out to be the last game in Milltown, right? We had to go to a replay then, down the Sligo midweek. Remember? We beat them, not Larkin's going ahead of We beat them. I had to meet you off school today. I missed me uh, leaving, said mock match exam. But we got that. And I was actually seeing it. They showed the goal to the sports stadium the following Saturday, and I'm actually on the fence. That's what happened there in Milltown. Walk one time. But we had, and then, but there was not, again, we spoke out earlier. There's no such a thing as penalty shootout, which I think, if that game, we won that game an extra time. That's right. If that game had instead won all, or had said next to it, there would have been another game in Milltown. There would have been a second oh, replay. Yeah. There would have been, so that wouldn't be mad. Like you would have passed your maths exam. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, like, I remember that, yeah. Like at Law in the 70s, just endless replays. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. yeah so all yeah, the hullabla yeah. about the last game in Milltown, which was obviously a huge thing, there would have been another game. We'd have very smart. If Larkin hadn't scored that header, yeah, we'd have very smart. We'd be holding a game where the Sligo shed is now. It's a brilliant goal. We're behind it. Now the shed's gone and we're behind the goal then. No, we're behind the goal then. It's just a brilliant goal, yeah. yeah. So we went ahead a bit there, Gary. We, I know we jumped ahead there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have fault. January 87 <laughs> against Bowles 3 2. It's actually the last yeah, derby at Milltown. Um, is it a. I think it's a Pat Byrne free kick and then you think he sets up a McLevel, McNeville winner? Yeah, Pat Byrne. We are 2 yeah. 1 down. 2 1 down, yeah. So memories of this one. Was that the best game I've ever seen in Milltown? Uh, it, was, it was well up there, wasn't it? it was we, did, we did know the time was going to be the last day of Milltown. It was, it was a brilliant, brilliant game, wasn't it? And it, give them credit, they played really well, yeah. didn't they? And they were 2 1 up, and we got two late goals, and we won 3 yeah. 2. It was just a. Pack Holder won the first three kick in top corner, as usual thing. It wasn't that he set him up, he didn't. Everybody expected Pat to hit the second goal. And Pat just moved out of the way, and it was completely. Pat's goal was a corner in the top corner. Mick just drove the ball into the bottom corner. The other side was two completely <laughs> different kicks. Wasn't it? it was just, a, uh, it was just unbelievable. And we were in the again. I spoke about we used to go in the shed for the first half, and we go. We, Rover, goal Rovers were shooting in for the second half, and we were behind the Milltown end. 
and all the Bose fans were in the Gonzaga ends, so they all had the passes coming out of the ground. Oh. After being a 3 2 and 2 injury goals, it was just brilliant, you know. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that wasn't filmed or anything, it's not. Uh, it's not goals, I know what I've never seen that on footage or anything about yeah. that game. That was, for me, one of the best games I was ever. It was just a brilliant game, wasn't it? it was, the quality of the game and the balls were 2 1 up, weren't they? 2 1 up. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Evans got an OG that day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did, though. My memory now could be playing tricks, but I think Peter, so, Big Peter got an OG, you know. So we're actually into the last two league games of our entire podcast here. We have Pats 3 1 away, Galway 3 1 at home, Jackie Seal the four in a row. So Pats, uh, is this is this Harold's Cross again? No, we're back in, in Richmond. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, Jason, you picked this game? Just because it was a bet that was so close to, to winning, I think. We've no mad memory of any standout memories of that game. Just that was Bre- Brendan Murphy got a goal. I mean, we were in the paper stand and watching it. I remember that was, yeah, I think that was 3 1. I think Brendan Murphy got a goal that day. That's, that's all I remember from that game, really. 3 1, yeah, it was 3 1. We always done well in Richmond. The four in a row, two we, four in a row. The four in a row, the second, the first game, the first away game, the four in a row, four in a row. I remember Brendan Murphy's got that song, I remember from that yeah. game, really. Yeah, yeah. And so then this was the second, then we, then we won the trophy, then we beat Galway. I was just, what was like the, the four in a row, it wasn't, even the four in a row this year, the four in a row this year was more celebration because it was equal and something, and it was there, there was a, you know, it was a standout thing, it was the, you know, as Bradley talks about all the time. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, was there a talk about the Cork team that won three in a row, the Waterford team, like was that talked about as we've surpassed it now? Not to remember. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy remember that Waterford team? That was a great Waterford team. The same. Well, you remember so that I remember, that the, remember Waterford won the league three years in a row, and Rovers beat them. I was at the game. Oh, so again, we beat them two 0 in Milltown in the seventy seventy one season, and that stopped them winning the four. You know, and then Cork gives us in the final. So that was always great that we end. We kind of finished them off on their four in a row bid. So. People like me, I think in 87 we were kind of saying, God, now we're in that position now that Warford were all yeah. them years ago. But we did it, you know. Yeah, and that, that, so it gave us a lot of sense. Yeah, I wonder the regional me. It, it, was, was, it was great, yeah. It was just more, so much more of a formality, wasn't it? Like this year we should name for like, the team that had a benchmark to try and equal this year, you know. The, the foreign old team they had, and again, I keep going on and on about it, and both. Just, don't, don't, don't. just unequivocal we would have won more it was just mm. it, we weren't being on the pitch that day we got the league trophy against Scotland that day it was just it's a bit like Tom but this okay, year okay we won it again yeah whereas no. this year we sorry Jimmy this year we went out and we all said because we what meant so much with the league because we equaled something yeah. we had something yeah. to aim for this team was, was kind of a what's the word you it, was just like, like, it was going on and on and on you just this, expected so, it I'm not saying this team this team we have now won't go and win it next year but and Bradley's been quite you know Fair play to but blatant as comments. Listen, we don't stop here. We talk about winning four, but it's about five now, you know? But you know the situation we're in now? Look, I remember as a kid when I started, when we won the five in a row cups in 68. Do you remember the, the, the three nil against Warford? And I always remember as a kid, and I was like, this for, Jesus, that they're equaling what the team and the Tortoise <coughs> did. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic, you know? But then the following year, like people said, people always said it'd never be done again, the five in, the five in a row in the cup. That's hard to do. But then they went to find and they won six in a row. So, you know what I mean? Rovers were, were, were beating our own records all the time, aren't we? Yeah, which, exactly. Which yeah. It, it's great to have that target, isn't it? Yeah. That's why next year, you know, we could do it, but, but we'll have a go at it again if we don't. You know? Yeah, well, that's but the thing. Our history suggests that, doesn't it? You know. So, we are on the FAI Cup semis, Prof. We're yeah, we have. Sligo. 
we have Sligo <clears throat> going to the replay. We can't touch on it a moment ago. Yeah, and the last right. game at Milltown, of course, famously. Twelfth uh, of April, like so, ninety-seven. Twelfth of April, yeah. Mick Burns scores the last goal. Um, there's the protest at half time. Well, first of all, we we'll go back. We we'll jump back. The news breaks about Glenmore Park so being sold. Where were you and Jay? Where were you when you heard that Glenmore was being sold? And uh, like, how did you feel? And what were your initial reaction? And what? And did you Do think what the fuck is going on? See. Unless you bought a paper, you probably would, you, with your job, you would have seen the paper, so you would have probably been in school. The paper, the so yeah, you would have been 18. Yeah, but, just about but, but there's no your formative thing, years. There's no thing of social media. If you didn't put the yeah. it maybe it was announced right. It was the 10th of April, the Friday, the Irish press, Charlie Stewart broke the story on the Friday, the 10th of April. But you wouldn't have. It was just, I just thought it was, at the time, I, no, McGinty, no one believed it. You didn't Cam, think it was a big Cam, thing. Cam McGinty mentioned it in the Herald a few weeks before that. Right. And of course, we all laughed. Just, There's no way Rose would ever not be playing in Milton. I was taking as a quip. You know, Scoop McGinty, we used to call him and all yeah. that. But, Scoop McGinty. But, but cutting a long story short, the Stuart thing was different because the week before I was at the reserve match, and I noticed it was a bit of a strange kind <coughs> of thing. We were playing Warford in the reserves. And that night, I was out gargling, and I, 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 I was drinking with a fellow who was the greatest piss taker ever. I mean, but he, he worked for Healy Holmes. Who were that's the Kakoyan company there. And, and, and he told me, he says, Oh, he says, they're selling a This is the, a few days before it broke. And I said, Ah, no, no, come on, you're taking the piss out of me here. But then he, uh, that, that, then I, was a bit, I was worried all that week. So there's no social media then. You know, and then so obviously, but, but that little bit of information you just thought to yourself, was there. it's buried in your and mind then, now. As soon as I see it's Charlie Stewart on the Friday, and you, it was, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? So ter- how quick did idea, it yeah. materialise as regards to the word that was being spread around to Glenmore being sold to the likes of the stuff being dumped in the skip, and ah, that was a bit. Oh, that was after. That was and a that bit was after, the, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a money goal. But going into the game, like, we, everybody knows what happened. In the game we drew one all. It was a, the atmosphere of the game was strange, wasn't it? It was mm. eight thousand in the game. Surreal, the modern world. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And then we, and then like. People to like there was no like say this happened now right if someone said fucking we're leaving talent tell us going did the SDCC or Tronsdale talent with no plan yeah, for the future we need to protest we'd all go in and we said we're going to protest against it but there was no social me, no social media no mobile phones so the actual the halftime protest maybe wore them out it was actually very spontaneous yeah, it was spontaneous people just looked around I ended up on the pitch and the people just someone yeah. ripped a hole in the fence and people just through it and it's true and it's every, it was just totally spontaneous you know and it's mm-hmm. people talk about the reaction of the Sligo fan we, we, we've rivalry with Sligo they have a bigger rivalry really. was a, the Sligo fans definitely all clapped we all went to play play. they clapped every fair play to a man they had a big travel support they were up the far end of Gonzaga then, and they, they did all turn mm-hmm. and Keely came on the pitch I should have known Keely was something you know and then remember the after Didn't Keely admit in the end that, that he, he was wrong? wrong. Was wrong. Well, remember 30, the, 30 years I, later. 30 years later. Yeah, was yeah. It, with the player of the year award was that night afterwards, was it straight in the hoops afterwards and he made a famous speech. Keely something says, North side or South side, what does it really matter? Yeah, I wasn't. He said that. I didn't win there. Stadium of the Future. Stadium of the Future was all the bullshit. So yeah. Remember, we had James Cook in the podcast and he got emotional about that. that was, that's probably one of the yeah. best interviews we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I remember hearing that one. Yeah, yeah. But he talked about half time on the pitch and Keady told, told you to get off the pitch. Yeah. He actually says he regrets getting off the pitch. He should have just stayed. Yeah. Yeah, that day. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Would have made a bigger statement, I suppose, yeah, but. 
I have to admit, but, though, I was a bit of a hothead mm. in them days. I had to. I, I, I would have stayed in the pitch. Yeah. I, but in I, saying I, that, in, I, in the time that it was, it was, it was a, it was a different time to what it is now, and it, it must have been extremely tough to digest in the moment that that what it was, and you probably didn't understand what yeah, exactly was happening. There was no final about it because even the, the, the battle for Cranmer, though, we, even though we believed, I mean, you believe we yeah, no, but you still, you we know, never, you, you always had a hope. You, ne- you never really thought it was gone to the day the bulldozers yeah, were there, yeah. did you really? You know, yeah, you, you still had the, you had the likes of Jimmy King and all. It was always the eternal yeah. optimist. Yeah, we'll do. Like, like we, were, I think Cram raised three hundred and fifty thousand. Remember, yeah. But the lamb was sold for eight hundred fifty. They laughed at the three fifty bid, like you know, they yeah. it's, and wherever they sold, what's the term they use? It's not. I'd still love to see the whole. Not exciting enough. Not exciting enough. Not exciting enough. I'd still love to see the whole Jesuits. The whole yeah. Jesuits paper. Yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're def- they have definitely a hand to play in that. Definitely. I'm not sure, Jason. Oh, we'll never know. We'll Jim, never know. We'll I think know. you're being far too diplomatic now. They bought it for 110,000 from the Jesuits. 110,000. <clears throat> and then we offered 350 and they sold it for 850. Do you remember what Ray, Will- uh, Ray Wilson said his dad, Jack, did? He said he went to the house of the Jesuits and said, I know that you were involved in this somehow. Yeah, yeah. The sale of Glenmore Park. I know you were. Oh, do I believe that? Jack, yeah. Was, yeah. Jack was a strong-headed character. Jack it's was a very complex issue, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? There was a lot of complexities to it, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, the demise and the the initiation of the homeless years of Shamrock Rovers, but we are where we are now, and we'll talk about the FAI Cup final win against Dundalk. Well, obviously, the cloud of Milltown yep. is hanging over this game, and I spoke about earlier how Dundalk were favourites. We win comfortably 3 0. I like that story you build. Uh, the three goal scorers in this game. Is it Harry Kenny? Harry Kenny, Noel Arkin, and Mick Bourne, isn't it? Harry Kenny, Poundy, Noel Arkin, and Mick Bourne. Mick Bourne, Pat Bourne is captain. And the All four of them hung out together at the 2019 yeah, Cup yeah, final yeah. Ah, yeah, for yeah. our first win. It's a beautiful sight. Yeah, and Mick yeah. Bourne pointed it out. He said, lads. You scored the three goals. You were captain. How have you not? Yeah. 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 That was good. How did you score a penalty? How did you score a penalty? So it's been brilliant stuff, and lads, it's um, we want to thank everybody for turning up. It's been a fantastic crowd, and the the hardcore Tifties supporters have turned up today. So it's been brilliant, and it's it's something that we we will continue on to do. Um, it's it's something that I think is a vital part of Shamrock Rovers. And it's including the fans in having a say and doing exactly what we want to do going forward is is, is having a voice. So um, give us a round of applause for everybody. <laughs> and it's been fantastic stuff from, of course, Jason, the memory man, Maloney and Jim, the point man. Ah, thank you very Tom much. Tom Roy, so uh, <laughs> thanks very much. Um, do you know what? Keep on hooping.
That's just part one, yeah. That's part, part one. Part so we will Come. continue on and we'll let you know when part two is coming up. So thank you very much. There is a part two, Jim. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs>